Hello and welcome. You're listening to Dad's Gaming Corner, a podcast of conversations between dads and their kids about games, movies. I was going to say about kids. Do we talk about kids on the show? Not regularly. Not regularly? Regularly? Regularly. Say it for me. Regularly. Thank you. Uh, About games, movies, and everything in between. This is episode 22 for the week of Wednesday, March 27th, 2020. I am your host, Michael Masick, and with me, as always, is my awesome co-host that I would not trade you for anyone, Jaden. I want you to know that. How about Uncle Johnny? Nope, you're my co-host. That's a pretty good trade, though. You're my <laughs> co-host. Well, hold on. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Jaden, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad we're recording a show. We've got a big show today talking about beat-em-ups, and joining us uh, as a re- reoccurring co-host is my brother, Johnny. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Are you glad to be on the show? Thrilled. You want to say anything to your wife out there? Not yet. That's for later. <laughs> That's for later? Okay. And then the other voice you hear is a good friend of ours, Robert Ramirez, uh, first-time guest on the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. We are glad to have you. So, yeah, this marks episode 22. We're getting excited. At uh, episode 25, we're going to be right at you know, about the halfway spot in, the, in, our, in our recording Um I'm not sure, lifespan or whatever it is. And so we want to do something fun wait, wait, wait. for episode 25. We're only lasting 50 episodes? No, I'm like, we're halfway, okay, halfway through the first year. I mean, technically, oh, that'd be episode okay. 26, but, you know, 25 is that, you don't celebrate 26, you celebrate 25. So are you going to celebrate every 25? Like, we'll celebrate 25, we're going to, when we do a year, like, well, not well, really a year, uh, 52, we'll celebrate 50. Special. What about 100 episodes? Yeah. One, what'd you say? A hundred episodes. You have to celebrate. We're going to celebrate twenty five. We're going to celebrate fifty. We're going to celebrate seventy five. And then once you hit one hundred, you celebrate every episode after that, like one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three, one hundred four. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> just well, saying it. It's like the wonderful yes. one hundred one. The one you know? exactly, exactly. Anyway, all right. Well, this is Dad's Gaming Corner, and again, we're going to talk about beat 'em up games today and uh, some of our thoughts around that. But before we do, just some of the show openers to get them out of the way, be sure to follow us on Twitter at DazGC, as well as Facebook.com slash Dames. No, not Dames. (laughs) (laughs) This show's going way off. (laughs) Facebook.com slash Dad's Gaming Corner. I have a wife. I'm not looking for Dames. Anywho, moving forward. (laughs) Be sure to drop us a line at heydad at dadsgamingcorner.com. Send us your thoughts, your questions, and maybe even your own mom or dad story. And if you're a listener of the show, I will just send us your thoughts and questions, and uh, maybe we'll read them right here on the air. So before we get into the main topic, I want one piece of news that we're going to read and just kind of throw out there. And we're going to, we're doing one specifically because uh, it gives us more, more time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But the Switch is on record right now to becoming Nintendo's best selling console. Ever. Ever. Um, that's, that's huge after the abysmal failure of the Wii U. And so before we go through some of the numbers here, I'm just going to this one, just look at the month of April. April was a high-selling month hardware, software for all consoles, all developers out there anyway because of COVID-19. Everybody's right. you know locked at home. They're wanting to play games, wanting things to do. And so for the month of April alone, let me give you these, these numbers. And this is just, this is mind-boggling. So the Xbox One sold 329,000 units in the month of April. And not to bash on the Xbox, I love my Xbox One, um, but I'm assuming this is probably one of their best months they've had, maybe since launch, I don't know. But they moved 329,000 units. The PS4 moved 411,000. I'm actually surprised that those numbers are as close together as they are, the PS4 and the Xbox One. But here's what's cool. You take those numbers, add them together, it still doesn't match what the the Switch did for a total of 808,000 units for the month month of April. 
That's just insane. That's a lot. Yeah. And so what are your all's thoughts about that? Well, I mean, you know, the Nintendo Switch is very family friendly, you know, and it's uh, something that everyone can, everyone can, you know, join in together. So plus, you know, with, with, uh, for example, that, the classic NES, the classic NES, a little game thing I play constantly. Dude, how many hours do you have in that? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, all I play is a dodgeball. So, so <laughs> <laughs> we have and we've played some dodgeball. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. if you're new to the Nintendo Switch, if you subscribe to the Nintendo Switch online service, which is I think roughly twenty bucks a year for an individual person, or thirty five dollars a year for a family membership, uh, it unlocks things like you know uh, backups for your saved games to the cloud, uh, some other key features, voice chat through an app that is revolutionary terrible we're not even going to talk about that but it also unlocks uh two key apps which is the uh classic nes games i think the official name of it is nintendo switch online nintendo entertainment entertainment system i think that's the official name of the app which is that's ridiculous terrible. I, I call it the classic NES. but yeah catchy. so basically it's very catchy very catchy <laughs> <laughs> so basically it's an app that nintendo updates uh on a semi-regular basis with Semi. with new NES games, but then there's an, another one they released a year later for the SNES, so Super Nintendo, and that has a library of games that they're adding on a semi-regular basis. It used to be every month, you know, you get be, new, new games, be. and once they added the SNES, it, it, it dropped down. But um, to your point, though, Robert, of it being a family-friendly console, it is definitely the most family-friendly console out of the three. However, the PS4 has the largest library of games out there, and like we talked about in our previous show, um, if you have the was it the PS Now service monthly subscription yeah. or whatever else, um, there's hundreds of thousands of games in that, mm-hmm. and so the games are there for, to play. I mean, all the Lego games. I mean, most of the games out there outside of Nintendo first party, you can get on the other consoles, and so I think this does speak to the fact that one, yes, it is slightly more of a family friendly console, but two, the fact that you can just play it right now, you know, you know, on the TV at home. If you've got like my family, you've got six people, you know, living in your household, seven people at times, and you can't just go in there and hog the TV to your by all by yourself. Yeah. You know, your your friends, your wife, your spouse, your kids. Somebody's going to say, "Hey, get off the TV! I want to watch a show," and that lends itself to the you know the awesome capability of the Switch of truly being able to switch from docked mode into handheld mode yeah. and it's just you know i was working with a friend of mine last week trying to buy a switch period and we were checking out walmart target best buy uh GameStop. oh yeah i forgot even costco and Everywhere. there wasn't a switch to be found within 250 miles um of our area that's we, a lot we, of miles and, and we're that's <laughs> are we gonna turn this into pennies <laughs> how, how many, many pennies johnny how many be? pennies would that be <laughs> Oh man, that conversion rate's rough. <laughs> um, in fact, in fact, just one little side note on that: we were tr- so we had looked everywhere. No one had a switch for sale. He had decided on he wanted a switch light and basically any color he could get his hands onto, and he preferred a gray one, but any any hand any color. And so we uh, checked everywhere. Everyone sold out, and this was last week. And we called a a GameStop because it said a GameStop in Arlington and a GameStop in Fort Worth, which is roughly a 45-minute drive and then an hour drive from where, you know, we live. And uh, the one that 40, it was 45 minutes away called them, said it had it in stock. Inventory's all messed up because of COVID. And he's like, no, we don't have any, but, you know, Fort Worth does. And so we called Fort Worth. Hey, we want to verify you've got stock. And they said, yep, we've got two in stock. But here's the thing. I said, I want you to put your hands on them. Like, I need you lay hands on these consoles because I want to know before we drive an hour out there, you've got, you know, these consoles. So she, I'm on hold for about six minutes. She comes back, really nice lady, works at GameStop. 
And she said, yep, we've got, I'm looking at it right now, we've got two in stock. I said, okay, I'm going to hang up right now, and I'm going to order one. That way it's held for me. She goes, what's your name? Told her my name. She goes, okay, I'm going to hold it for you. As soon as I hang up, I get on, on the app because it showed that it had two in stock. Went online to order it. As soon as I hung up, not available. So I called her right back. I said, hey, I just talked to you wow. not even a minute ago. What's, here's what's going on. Is the inventory updating? What's going on? She goes, let me check, check on it for you. So she puts me on hold, but she really just put the phone down, and she's talking to someone else in the background, and the guy says, oh, yeah, someone just came in and bought one of the switches. And she goes, well, what about the second one? I, I just pulled two up from the back, and what we found out throughout, through the story is that while I was on hold for those six minutes because she was checking stock, one person walks into the store to buy one, and another person went online to buy the other one <laughs> while she was checking stock. Rough. Sold that fast. I mean, yes, the sir. switches are impossible to find. They are constantly sold out. Um, so did you ever find one? Uh, we had to order one. Well, GameStop was sold out online. And another, I won't say who, but another manager of a GameStop told me this, that their most stores aren't even getting them in stock and they're online only. And she said that they refreshed their online stock around 6 a.m., and but they're selling out almost immediately. And that's true for every webs- every company that we've just mentioned, Walmart, Target, all of them, Best Buy, GameStop. Um, uh Best Buy, one last story on this, Best Buy had them in stock, not in store, but online, but they were pushed back. I get, I'm a Best Buy elite member. I get free two-day shipping, and when we went to put it in the cart, because they're, like, you know, selling so quickly, it pushed it out for an entire week, which was crazy, and so it was going to be on a Thursday. In fact, this coming Thursday, tomorrow, that it was supposed to have been delivered, um, added to the cart, guaranteed delivery, Thursday, and by the time we added two games to the cart as well to purchase and finalize, the Switch got pushed back one more day. So just in the process of trying to buy a Switch, it got pushed back another day for Friday, which, again, is just crazy. But you see it in the numbers for April. So going down this list, um, we're going to look at just Nintendo's consoles. This doesn't include the handheld consoles. This is just their actual their actual consoles. Um, I have this ordered in the least selling to the greatest as far as hardware and software uh, units, um, and we'll just do them that way, and then rather than going through, you know, release order. So just for the sake of conversation, on the release order, it would be the original NES, and then the SNES, and then the Nintendo 64, then the GameCube, uh, then the Wii, then the Wii U, then the Nintendo Switch. But as far as right. console sales in numbers, here's what we're looking at. The Wii U was the lowest performing with 13.56 million units sold uh, with 103. One uh, units of uh, software sold. Um, most people contribute the Wii U's poor success to the fact that no one knew what it was. Yeah. We've talked about the show before. I went to Best Buy when it launched. I looked at it and I said, "Okay, so it's a it's a black Wii, um, and it has a gamepad." And I didn't know. Do I need to buy the whole system? Do I need to buy just a gamepad and add it on to what I have? It looked like a an upgrade addition to what I already owned, and so I didn't know what to buy. And then the the the, the handheld. Game pads were super expensive. You wanted to buy four of them for your family. No one knew what this thing was. Nintendo did a terrible job of marketing. A lot of publishers got burned on the Wii U, which is why they've been slow in coming to the Nintendo Switch. But just going down these numbers quickly, uh, from bottom to highest, Wii U sold 13.56 million. The GameCube, which I really enjoyed, sold 21.74 million. The Nintendo 64 sold uh, 32.93 million. The SNES sold 49. Uh, point one million. The Nintendo Switch is currently sitting at fifty five point seven seven million. The original NES sold sixty one point nine one million, while the Wii uh, sold one hundred one point six three million. The highest selling console that Nintendo 
has. Now, according to current trajectory, as far as sales are going, um, it looks like Nintendo Switch will have no issues whatsoever um, in outselling the original Wii. Nintendo's gone on statement uh, saying that they feel like the Switch is about halfway through its lifespan. Jaden, we talked about this before on the show. Yeah. And um, at this rate right now, if we're halfway through its lifespan at $55 million, I mean, you double that, we're... It wouldn't surprise me if the Switch hits around 115, 120 million units. It, instead of it kind of peaking right now, it's just it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter as people are, are buying them. So um, looking at that, you can kind of see a, going a little bit backwards, you can kind of see how the original NES did really good. DS NES did a little bit less. N64, a little bit less. <laughs> GameCube, you know, a lot less. And then they came out with this huge banger of the Wii at 101 million units compared to the GameCube of 21 million. Yeah. And then you look at the Wii U at 13.5 million and look at the Nintendo Switch, it's already way outsold the Wii U by a huge margin. So the Switch is a runaway success. What are your thoughts? That's just kind of sad on the Wii U's <laughs> part. Yeah, I mean, like, I when, I whenever the Wii U came out, I know there was one game that... I wanted to try it was about like some zombie game in Great Britain or something. I forgot what it was. Nice. But I didn't I never picked it up because Are you sure it was in Doctor Who episode. It sounds like a Doctor Who yeah, episode. It, does. it probably was, but like I said, it that was the only game that it came out that I was interested in and like yeah, I, it was too much of a gamble for me. So. Yeah, you had this console that you didn't know anything about and then do I use a, a this big game pad? But it also included the a, a revised version, but it looked the same thing, of a Wii remote and nunchuck, just like the Wii had. I and mean, it was the exact same controller scheme, but then it added on this gamepad. Then it added on a pro controller, and you're like, there are three controller configuration types. What do I use to play this thing? So it was ridiculous. So I can add on that. So when the Wii U was, I guess, in big, like when it was it No, it never heyday. was big. I know, but like when it was supposed to be in their heyday, I was in college, <laughs> and... Um, I, uh, you know, I play a lot of video games, so most of my friends I hang out with, you know, they also play video games. I uh, had, you know, a few roommates and stuff. I only know one person that actually owned one, and I was at their apartment playing games one night, and he pulled it out, and it was actually the first time I had ever seen one in person. And I was like, oh, didn't even, like, I've heard of it, but I never really, like, saw one. I was like, oh. You saw it in the wild, you're like, what is this? Yeah, I, and I saw him, like, looking down, like, looking at the, the screen on it, I was like, is that like i honestly didn't know what it was so i was like oh and see here's the thing the wii u had some really good software on that title um uh super, new super mario brothers uh u was on there um pikmin 3 i mean the list just goes on uh captain toad treasure trackers or yeah i don't like I that game one. i love that game um there's a lot of good software and what we've seen over the last three years from nintendo is that they're taking some of these top titles that were on the wii u exclusives and they're bringing them over to switch and then I mean, they're not straight ports. They generally tend to add levels or add something to it and, and, you know, clean them up a little bit. I mean, it looked great then. It's just the problem was they had great software, but they didn't market the hardware well. So nothing sold. I mean, 13.56 million. Right. So I actually have a question on that. So I believe we were actually we were playing on it on the TV, but then he had something else like on the screen. Right. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a feature yeah, so, of it. So the way that the Wii U worked, <laughs> like it blew my and, mind. and not for all, and see, that's the other thing. Um, a lot of developers didn't take, uh, the gamepad in consideration. So imagine playing your Switch in docked mode, and you're playing it on the TV, and you're you're playing a game. But then let's say you're playing Zelda because this is a you know a Twilight Princess. I've done I've, I've been playing that on the uh, Wii U. So uh, you're playing the game up there. You see everything, and then in your gamepad, which honestly feels like a toy when you compare it to the Switch. It's it's plastic. It's just it's hard. It just it doesn't feel good. Um, but down here you're looking at a 
underscale. I mean, it's like almost like a 3DS screen, so it's not HD at all. Mm-hmm. It looks terrible. And you're looking at the screen, and down here may be your inventory. So, like, I've, I'm playing, and I'm fighting somebody, and I'm like, oh, I need to change my arrows. Change it down here, and it changes. Or maybe um, you're playing a game up there, but you need to control more people, so you're doing that down here. It's a different inventory. Maybe you're playing a Ghost Recon game, and you're on on the on the TV. You're looking around the corner, but down here, you've got your infrared maps going on. So, I mean, it was a very cool concept. But again, because it wasn't marketed well, even developers, most developers didn't use it. Or if they did use it, it was for something so small that it was like it was irrelevant. It didn't add anything to the playing experience. Yeah, I think the guy was looking at a map or something on it. And I was like, oh, like, I didn't even know what it was. I was just like, I've never been surprised. Like, yeah, it just it just it just didn't do well at all. So, um but but you can see this trajectory where Nintendo, you know, their heyday was the NES. I mean, Nintendo really hit hit the gaming market when they came out with the original Nintendo Entertainment System. There wasn't anything else really on the market, or there wasn't anything actually on the market that went as mainstream as as, as this. Uh, and then you have the console wars with the Sega Genesis, the SNES, SNES you know, Super Nintendo. But um, looking at these numbers right here, this is huge. And then if you look at the software side of things, uh, what's interesting to me. Is that so? Looking at the, we're not going to go through the software numbers right right here, but the Nintendo Switch again on the software side has sold three hundred fifty six point two four million units of software. The Wii did nine hundred twenty one point six nine million. They haven't crossed that one billion mark. They haven't been able to. Um, again, based on these numbers, this could be the the you know the year or this could be the lifespan that the Switch begins to cross those numbers. They could hit a billion. It's going, to, it's going to be a lot. I mean, if they're halfway through their lifespan, um, you know, doubling that, they're just right over $700 million. So it's they've got a ways to go. But here's the thing. We talked about it last show, uh, or two shows ago. Uh, EA is finally throwing support behind this. Um, we're getting a lot of great games being developed specifically for the Switch from third-party developers. In other words, they're not ports. They're new titles. And so the Switch could really begin to take off. And obviously, the more units you have out there, the more units of software you're going to sell. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway. I think it's gonna beat the Wii. I the love Wii. Isn't cool. Yeah, we loved the Wii back in the day. Mm-mm. One software I want to get: nope. Fortune Street. Bring me Fortune Street. I don't know who owns that. If it's if it's if it's I don't know who owns that. Yeah, but somebody owns that, and whoever owns it today, please bring it to Switch. I'll buy it day one. So, uh, any final thoughts uh, on on these numbers? I mean, you know, definitely the one thing about the Switch is it's definitely attracting a bunch of non-gamers, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a uh, because I mean, I, like I know this with my mother. I mean, I had an I had an NES, I had a Sega Genesis, I had whatever, whatever, whatever. But to my mother, they were all Nintendo. Like Robert, turn off the Nintendo. No, it's an Xbox 360. No, it's not. It's a Nintendo. You, you know, you've got and, a good point there. Nintendo has not been a household name yeah. since the Wii. Yeah. Back then, in the original Nintendo, it was Nintendo, and yeah. then they kind of lost ground. Well, they did lose ground to Sega, and then they lost ground to Sony, um, considerably so. I think, yeah, they got it back, you know, and it's like, like right now, we, we're stuck at home, you know. We don't know what's out on the Xbox. We don't know what's out on the PlayStation, but we know that Nintendo has Mario, it has Zelda. We know those are good games, and it's like they look at the Switch as something you can play on TV and handheld. That's weird. You know what? I'm going to give that a shot. Well, I'm talking you know, about— And it's also not that expensive. I mean— I wanted a PS4, but I I I can't. I'm well, not here's the get thing: you thing. can get a PS4, Xbox One, and a Switch all for three hundred bucks. They're all basically the same thing, but more. I mean, not always, but the general consensus is that when you go look at these 
brick and mortar stores or look online, people are buying switches. And to add to your point about reaching non-gamers, my wife is definitely not a gamer, and I just checked her playing history, and she has over 275 hours in Animal Crossing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then Patty, she's not a gamer. Um, yeah, I was going to mention that a little bit. My wife, yeah, she's not a gamer at all. Um, but her brother, who lives in California, where she's from, uh, actually bought her Animal Crossing, and they play. Just, I want you to guess. Keep talking and tell me what you, how many hours you think she has, because I just looked it up. Um, oh, let me finish, I'm finishing yeah. my thought. Anyway, so they play probably, depending on his work schedule, you know, two to four nights a week for, you know, at least four or five hours, and they just, like, sit on the phone talking to each other and just go to each islands and harvest everything and then go. Wow. Um, yeah, they play a lot and, like, go fishing and take pictures together and. <laughs> Yeah, they just, they're ridiculous. But they play all the time. And the first big gaming session, they actually played for about eight hours one day when they were both off. Wow. And she just, like, sits there talking to him on the phone. And, you know, they don't really talk as much anymore because, you know, we've moved away and just both of them busy. But this is given away for them to, you know, really play together again and kind of, I want to say reconnect. But it's cool. It's just, it's cute watching them play. So how many hours do you think she has in Animal Crossing? Uh, I don't know. Um... Don't worry, I have the actual number. I guess I'll expose 40, you. She is over seventy. Really? She has. She has. Yeah, she has probably close to double what you think she has. So I wonder. So no, those are not all active hours, you know, because leaving it open and stuff. How often does she leave it open? Well, I do that more than she does. What I, do you mean? Like if I'm like helping her with something, and then I kind of leave it open while I go to lunch or something. Um, and you leave but, it on the on the TV Animal yeah, Crossing, know, I, I or you go to the home home screen. No, I sometimes leave it open. Because I have if you a bad go to, habit of that. if you go to the home screen, the game's pause doesn't right. count your time. No, I don't think it'd be very many, but she's probably most of those are probably hers. That's pretty impressive. Your wife has turned into a gamer. Yeah, she's she's pretty hooked. She can finally start designing a lot of things, actually customizing a lot of things. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some uh, oh. videos that we posted in the last several week, last several episodes. She needs to go and watch those. There's one out there called Improvement of Life. Uh, for the Switch, and it looks like an actual Nintendo Direct, but it's not. It's fan-made, and it's done so well. And we talked about it on the show, so we won't talk about it again here, but we'll just say this. After we watched it, uh, I think Jay and I went through the same series of emotions. I went through, I went, I, I, at first I had happiness. I'm like, oh, that is so cool. I want that in the game. And then I went to sorrow saying, why can't I have this in the game? To where then I just got flat-out mad. I'm saying, Nintendo, you're stupid. How come we don't have this in the game? So yeah, they they brought lots of new features to the game. It's a great said, video. Hey, like look at what you can do, which you can't really do. But it would be amazing. Like some of the things that they were doing would be so helpful and convenient. Animal Crossing is like the most least convenient game ever. I, I mean, <laughs> it I, really is. It I stopped, really is. I stopped playing it almost a week ago. Like for example, you want to craft in any other game. You want to craft some fish bait. You have a little arrow. How many would you like to craft? It makes so much sense. Uh-huh. And here you do one at a time. And yeah, just, one at a time. Yeah. The video is amazing. It, we, again, it's, it's linked in the show notes. Everything we talk about, we link in the show notes or whatever podcast app you're listening to. Yeah, so the, be sure the, to check that out. The so. money tree thing broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me about it. All right, <laughs> let's move on to what we what we've been up to this week. And so, um, without going too deep into it, let's just talk. Uh, start, start with Animal Crossing. Jay, what's the status of your island? Um. Well, you know, I got I finally got that five star rating Woo-hoo! that I've been chasing forever. Um, and then, you know, other than that, I've been kind of not very busy with the game. I don't, I'm not sure what to do right now. I'm just waiting for June to hit. That way I can get the sharks and everything, you know, because those are coming next month. Shark bait, moo-ha-ha. No. 
Sorry. And so I'm just waiting no. for. <laughs> so I'm Every just, time he says shark bait, I can't get away from like shark bait. Woo-ha-ha. So I'm just waiting for June to come to get all all the new fish, all the new bugs, and everything that comes. You know, because that's that's a big thing for me. Finishing my museum out. Yep. I am so. one fish away and two bugs from kept, from getting all the new stuff that came in May. My thing is, I haven't really played much in the last two weeks because I've been so busy with work. Um, I've hardly played anything. I've been just been crazy busy. Uh, what about, oh, Johnny, you don't play Animal Crossing yet, so we can't ask you about your island status. You need to jump on with your wife. I help her enough with, like, little things. You need to try when your When I own do thing, play, though. I just kind of run around and help her mm-hmm. harvest and... Robert, I live through her, you know. Yeah, yeah. Carelessly. Robert, do you have a status update for your island? Um, I, I, I fish. I, I have, I find a lot of skulls, and it's like I, I want to make my house look like really, really nice with like black dinosaur skulls. You know, like that'd be cool. Oh, sorry, that'd be cool. Um, and but I've kind of because of the the money tree thing, it, 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 it broke my. So heart. the money What's tree the money thing. Tree if you don't yeah. know what the money tree thing is, um. In Animal Crossing, you find a golden spot, like a light coming out of the ground. If you dig it up, there'll be a thousand bells. And then, in theory, whatever you plant, you will also reap. So if you plant threefold, threefold. If you plant a th- uh, yeah, if you plant a thousand, the tree will grow, and then you'll get three money bags each holding a thousand bells. You plant ten thousand, each money bag will hold ten thousand. So we don't know if it's a bug, we don't know if it's a glitch, we no, don't know no, if it's no. random. It, it's a, it's a it's a it's a patch now. I looked it up. I. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's official now. So what's the limit on it? It's 10,000. So wait, hold on. So it's 30,000. Yeah. You bury 10,000, you get 30. That That's it. So before with more, the game, if you it'll... planted 99,000, you get three packs of oh. 99,000 each. And it wasn't like a normal tree where it gives you after three days. It t- took six days yeah, or six seven days, days think, to yeah. grow. It took a little bit. Yeah. And so a lot of us, you know, and it seemed to be random because you would plant you know, two or three trees in a row and get back 300,000 each time. But then you'd plant a tree with 99,000. You'd get back a, you know, a bell with 3,000 on it. And so, I mean, we've, we've all lost a lot of money, yeah. you know. But here's the thing. Once you start playing the, the, you know, the turnips, you know, the stock market, you become a millionaire fast. And we're, we're, talking, about, we're going to talk about that next week. Next week we have a uh, guest coming on the show, and we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts and the moral implications of time travel. And... um We'll talk about it then there, but I'm currently sitting at you know, 12, 12.2 million bells in my bank, and Are I've got serious? every upgrade paid off, yeah. Yeah, Patty is sitting at 1.5 right now because of turnips. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that I next week. I don't have week. anything in my bank. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah same. <laughs> we'll, we'll help you with that. So um, let's move on to... We'll get back on it then. So what, yeah. what else have we been playing here? So outside of Animal Crossing, any other games you've been into? Um, I just started Flat Heroes. Um, um. What is that? So Serial Cleaner, that's very good. And, of course, oh, Skyrim, I played oh. that a whole bunch. But, yeah, just in the NES thing, the Serial Cleaner, which is really good. And um, the Flat Heroes, that's pretty good, too. Yeah. So I want to pause you right there. We made a, a we had a, not a, a bet with money, but we kind of did a bet, like, who's going to hit the microphone first, me or Jay? And uh, Jaden just hit it. And well, so, I hit the it first, actually. Yeah, so, Robert, you don't count because you're a guest. And so you, you can hit the microphone. That's okay. You oh, only once. You hit it once, and that's about it. But Jaden, I mean, come on, dude. The we're pros here. are hurting my head. It's you not, said it again. <laughs> my head hurts. Uh, this is very unprofessional, guys. I'm disappointed. Oh, for all of our listeners out there. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Um, so uh, you were playing Flat Heroes. We talked about that last week on the show. Really digging that game. Very it's much. A, have so you pl- have you played that yet, Johnny? Or have you bought it? I don't know. I don't know what Flat Heroes it's, is. I think it's either eighty or ninety percent off right now. You need to pick it up. It's only like a it's like a dollar, yeah, it's, it's, it's two dollars. Really. It's, it's only like a hundred pennies, Johnny. A hundred pennies, two hundred pennies. Sounds like one hundred eight, two hundred sixteen. One hundred eight pennies. That's all you're. That's all you're doing. One hundred eight pennies. 
Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to uh, an episode where Johnny first comes on the show with his Switch, and he bought a lot of games, but instead of talking about dollar amounts, it's all about the pennies. And I'm like, dude, it's two bucks. And he goes, no, that's 200 pennies, and it became a thing. Plus so. tax. Um, Jay, what are you right. been playing? Um, Animal Crossing, and then, you know, a little bit of Mario plus Rabbits here and there. Um, you know, I'm slowly making my way through that again because, you know, I beat it previously, so now I'm going through back it again. Back through, back through it again? Um, that's about it. That's so you actually it. beat the whole campaign, the whole game? Yes. Previously. Really? I didn't know that. I thought you got to a certain... Okay. Mm-hmm. And then cool. I just got a couple new games that mm-hmm. I haven't tried yet. The ones we... That that one we talked about last week. Um, What's it called? I haven't a clue the what you're talking about. The game we talked about. Hold <laughs> on. Let me, let me look right quick. All right. While you're looking that up, Um, I've been playing a little bit of Animal Crossing. And here's the thing. Like I said, I haven't played really in a couple of weeks. I've just been busy. And when I got on my island, all the animals were like, where have you been? We haven't seen you in so long. We thought something happened to you. Are we still best friends? I, I thought, know, right. Are we not on talking terms? But, but then, uh, as well as my, uh, my island's covered in weeds, I may need to call, call that company, what was it Weed Co.? Mm-hmm. I need to call them over and have them come to my island. Yeah. 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 If you, if you haven't been caught up with the show, there's an actual company out there that you can pay. Uh, they're charging, what, 40 bucks an hour, 50 bucks an hour? 50, I think. Oh, no, no, no. Weed Co.'s free. That's the designing company. Right. Yeah. Weed Co., they'll come to your island. They have actual uniforms. You can apply for a job. They take you through, you actually have to interview for the job. And then they'll come to your island and they'll keep your island weed free. Yeah. And they accept tips. It's called nice. Weed Co. Wow. If you think that's funny, again, go back and listen to last week's episode. But there's another company out there who's charging 40 to 50 bucks an hour as a as a in-home consultant. They'll come to your island. They'll look at your home. And they'll give you prof- and this is professional consulting tips on what you need to do within your budget. And they charge 40 to 50 bucks an hour. It's true. This is real-life stuff happening, guys. It's great. I love it. I love it. Animal Crossing is taking over the known world as we know it. Okay. So I've been playing Animal Crossing. Um, I've been playing, let's see, uh, a lot of Streets of Rage. Uh, actually, we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Robert, you and I, we played Streets of Rage 4 and uh, actually beat it. Uh, really enjoyed that game. Um, I've been playing, uh, what's it called? Fight and Rage. That's another beat em up we're, we're going to be talking about on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were given a code to review that game and uh, really liking that game. And then uh, I haven't tried it yet, but One Strike came out with an expansion pack. Um, Whoops, there goes my pen. Um, they came with an expansion pack that I want to talk about as well that, I'm, that um, I want to look into. And there's one other game, though, I had been playing. Ah, that's it. The Wonderful 101. That was a Wii U game, and they, they remastered it and brought it to Switch. Um, I feel like it has a really crappy tutorial. I'm, I'll call it as I see it. Really bad tutorial, but I'm liking the game. I did the tutorial twice, and basically you've got 100 superheroes. I guess 101, counting you're the 101. And uh, you join forces to manipulate things. And so, like, uh, the guy I'm controlling, we all joined forces together and became this huge, gigantic gauntlet of a hand. And we grabbed onto a bus so we could stop it. And then they all joined together to create a bridge so civilians could walk across. Really liking this game. I think it has some potential, so I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm excited for it. Um, Jay, did you find that game you were talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. The one we talked about, not was it last, it was either last week or two weeks ago, um, This War of Mine. Ooh, I got I, that. I you started it. I haven't. Okay. Um, Good game. I, I haven't. I bought it. I played it for a little bit, but I forgot to pick. Oh. I forgot to pick it up again. I need to do that. I that is a that. really I, good game. I need to do that. Yeah, both of y'all um, need to check. Yeah, that I'm gonna out. start that here pretty soon. Yeah, this War of Mine is a great game. Um, if you, oh, I, had that I game. think, yeah. yeah, you got it on sale. Have you tried it yet? Uh, no, I have it on PC. I am I disappointed in all what, three not, of you. I did try it. You haven't played, haven't you haven't played Papers, Please yet, and you said you would. Ooh, I haven't bought it, this though. This is a long time. It's not like I bought it and didn't play it. I haven't even 
bought the game yet. <laughs> this War of Mine, uh, if it's still on, well, it, even at full price, I think it's worth it on Switch. But on, uh, on pri- if you get on sale, it's, it's a steal. And then um, Rabio, Rabio, Mario plus Rabbids, there we go. Uh, Kingdom Battle is actually on sale on Switch right now. You can get the full game, normally sixty for fifteen bucks, and then you can get the the, the deluxe gold edition, which comes with all of the DLC and expansion for twenty dollars. So that's the a Donkey Kong expansion pack. Yep, get it all. So, uh, Johnny, what about you? What have you been playing? Um, three main games I've been playing. Um, actually, a game called Dead by Daylight on PC, which is basically four survivors. You have to repair generators while you're hiding from some killer. That's a fun game. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't played that one, but I played the one that's similar to it, uh, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And that that game, I mean, my, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, it's um, it's a really fun game you play with they have you know, multiple Switch, people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and basically there's like, I don't know, maybe 10 different killers, everyone from Michael Myers to Freddy to just creepy nurses. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it's really fun. You have to run around and hide from them, and it's actually a lot more in depth than i thought it was yeah friday the 13th has a cult following as well and it's kind of a toss-up of which one's better you basically it's whatever your preference is uh, they're both rated about the same they're both good games i think friday the 13th overall industry-wise has a little bit of a higher rating on it but yeah if you get on sale check it out it's a it's a good game and you and you cycle between being the the, the victims and friday the 13th you're you're uh camp counselors and you're hiding in the woods with all these log cabins and and he's there jason's there to kill you and then you cycle through and you become jason and you're the hunter and you have superhuman powers and everything else uh what else you been playing um i've also been playing luigi's mansion with my wife that's been a lot of fun luigi's mansion three such a good game goes and sucking them up it's been fun um and then also i got uh mario and rapids i've been playing that for the past since yesterday so where are you in Mario plus Rabbids? Um, I just unlocked Luigi. So well, like what world, what level? Are you still in World One? Yeah, still in World One, I think. Okay. Or actually I might be on World Two by now. Well, that's fine. Um if you unlock Luigi, I think it might be World Two. I don't know. World I don't One eight, um I guess level, level eight. eight. Yeah. Okay, you're almost to World Two. So what do you think tell us your first impressions. What do you think about the game? So I mean and you're coming from an XCOM background. Right. So I am liking the game. There's some uh, couple cool uh, mechanics in it, like being able to do the team jump. Oh, so cool. Which is basically you can move one guy forward, and then with your other person in your squad, you can actually jump off of that guy to go further into the map. So you yeah, can, like, throws people. him forward, yeah. Uh, that's a really cool mechanic. And then you can uh, jump, you can ground stomp your enemy as well. With Mario, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's definitely some cool mechanics. My only problem is coming from XCOM, XCOM just has so many just wow factors. Just, it's just so right. cool, like... It's just the, the the art style of nothing else, yeah. just like the darkness and like, you know, sneaking up on an alien and shooting him in the back with a shotgun. It's this just is so much. Satisfying. This is much, um, uh, much lighter. Mm-hmm. You know, lighthearted. Uh, I would argue with you though that um, once you get out of World One and you get into World like Two, Three, and so on, the game gets not only does it get increasingly harder, but you really have to use strategy. It's not a matter of just well, I'm just go trip this guy or jump on top of this guy and the weapons you get you get things that are like shotguns but it's a family game so it's more of a what do they call the shotgun uh the one that just scatters yeah something i don't remember you'll you, see you have like mean, shotguns you get like bazookas you get mm-hmm. i mean you get all kinds of stuff like machine guns you get all kinds of sniper rifles yeah. all of the sniper is really cool in this game i mean you get all of these powers and so i would argue that it's i mean yes it's different from XCOM, but um, as far as uh, playability um the complexity of the game, it's right up there with XCOM. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, I'm still in the first world. As of right now, I love XCOM. I'll give that a solid 9. I'll say this one's sitting around a 7, but I'm also in the first world. We'll see if it gets more. 
complex. Uh, one thing I do want to add about Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th on Steam has seven. Dead by Daylight's nine. Dead by Daylight's a little higher rating on Steam. Okay, so next time you're talking, let me get on Google, and then we'll see what... <laughs> well, no, it's because you said so. that. I was like, I don't think that's true, but I didn't want to... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll double-check okay. this. Okay. Um, okay, anything else y'all been up to? Any other games you've been playing? No, that's it. No, that's All right. Uh, Jay, why don't you talk about Batman? So, Batman. A, little, a little history here. Jaden... Um, oh, yeah. Um, we, j- j- uh, bleh, trying to find words and I can't find words because you're, you're doing uh, origami and doing uh, like a triangle cube yeah. thing. I didn't pyramid. even get to it. just half kind of cool though. Anywho, um, Jane's 14. We are stricter in our home than some as far as what, what our kids are allowed to watch and win. So he's just now working working through some of the final Marvel films and Batmans and everything else. And so I wanted to show, show him the, who is it? Is it, um. Uh, Batman Begins. Who's that Batman? Um, Chris. Um, um, my, my, uh, no, 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 no. Batman Begins. Dark oh, you Knight. Mean Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Thank okay. you. Before we started the, you know, those three right there, I didn't want to go into those and then show him the older ones starting with Michael Keaton. I was like, yeah. no, 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 no. We're not starting with the best. <laughs> Let, let's go back and start wow. with the old ones. And so he watched Batman. Watched Batman one, two, three, and four. You know, with Michael Keaton, the first two, Val Kilmer, the se- uh, mm-hmm. number three, and then um, George Clooney is number four. Clooney. And uh, then we watched uh, uh, Christian Bell. And we watched Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So um, we've all obviously have seen these movies probably many, many yeah, times. Yeah. And uh, Jaden, why don't you give us your su- summary of those films? Okay. Well, when you first brought up the idea that you wanted to watch these, you said that the newer ones are amazing and the older ones aren't that good. I disagree. And, and so when you made me watch the old ones first, I was very disappointed because I wanted to watch the good ones. And the old ones weren't bad. I mean, I liked all of them, you know. The first one was good. The second one was good. The third one was good. And then the fourth one was good, too. <laughs> Those right. are really in-depth reviews. It was good. That it was, was good. good. Well, I'm disappointed, but they were good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were good. They just This one was good. This one was, was good. good. This one was good. I do this have complaints. Good. I do have complaints um, about ones? every single movie. The first one was a little bit slow. Okay. A little bit, you know, and I didn't like the Joker in that one. He looked like, I don't even know. He looked like Candy. He reminded me of Candy. He was just very... Like, everything on his face was very precise and just very perfect, you know? His smile, all his paint, it was very just neat and perfect. You talking about Joker? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I zoned out for a second. And, and that, 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 yeah. And then yeah, we watched, yeah. we got to the second one, which was with um, Penguin and Catwoman, which that one I liked. That one was probably, that might that have been was, my favorite. That one's, I was also, whoa, out of the, uh, you're talking about the original four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I give you props for that. Why? You don't like the second one? No, no. The second one's good. It's, it's dark. It's very good. But the fact that you would pick that over, like, the fourth one, which is very modern. Oh, man. What, well, you don't I'm like Batman and Robin good. ice skating? No, 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 Man, come on. No, my favorite part was when they were surfing through the air on those doors. Oh, my gosh. That part. That, yeah. that is so stupid. The second one is That the best. movie no, no, is no, no. so messed up. So it's terrible. Yeah. I want to comment on the second one. So I watched that when I was a kid. Yeah. And um, I still remember. How like, did you watch that as a kid? How did mom and dad let you watch I'm that? Sure I watched it with y'all. I don't know. But uh. I still vividly remember Catwoman when she's like going crazy. And she's yeah. like yeah. killing the cat. Oh, she's doing something. The cats I, are start, they eating. They're eating. I remember her, like looking down, her eyes being freaky. And then um, Mr. Penguin. He was, yeah. yeah. He that, was nasty. The movie was completely spectacular. I mean. Yeah. I, I still best. remember being freaked out yeah. about that just even today. I was like, oh. 
Yeah, I think that was definitely my favorite out of the older four. Um, I liked the third one. Third one was fun because, you know, it had Riddler, Two-Face. So, they're, you know, I liked their interactions. That was fun and everything. And then the fourth one was cool. It was just kind of not the best out of the four. Right. I did not like the fourth one at all. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, so that was the four. But then, you know, then after we finished those, then we got to the the newer ones with Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. And that one was like, I really, my okay, this movie was way, I was very surprised because I wasn't sure what to expect considering we just watched the four other ones and I wasn't super into it. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to have any high expectations. And then I watched this one, and it was amazing. I really, I really liked seeing all the backstory for Batman. Because, you know, in Batman movies, you never really see lots of the backstory. You see him as a kid when his parents get shot, and then it goes straight into him being Batman. Right. So yeah, why did you laugh that at yet, that? Yeah. I haven't watched No, that it's just because, like, it's always, like, Batman. All you see is, like, him in the alleyway with, the you know, his parents getting shot. Right. And then that's all. Like, for right. years, that was it. So yeah, yeah, okay. that's, true, that's true. Batman Begins really makes it. It shows his backstory, which was really interesting to me. All of his backstory. It and makes then, it look like you yeah. could actually have Batman today because the cave, the way he got the Batmobile, the way he got his suit, the way he got the it weapons, the way everything. he got the training. It, everything makes sense. That right. one's Batman Begins? Batman Begins. Which is the one with the Joker? Um, Dark Knight. I, I haven't seen Batman Begins. Oh, dude, Dark it's Knight. Batman Begins is a good movie. I need a solid watch movie. So, so what do you think about Dark Knight? Dark Knight, I like that one better. Woo! Because I yeah, really, because yeah, 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 yeah. I really, really liked the first one because right. of all the, the backstory and everything. But this one was better because it had Joker. Because the last one had Scarecrow, which I really like Scarecrow. I think he's cool, but I didn't really. He didn't have a big, huge role. Like he didn't fight Batman. You know, like him and Batman never really encountered only very a couple much. times. Yeah, right. But this one had Joker and Batman together a few times, and they were fighting and everything. So I, I really liked that part of this movie. Right. And, um, yeah, sorry, truck there's a tree. tree. Yeah. Anyways, squirrel. Um, Big squirrel. Well, no, there's a tree and a truck. <laughs> a tree. There was a tree and a truck. It was a drive-by treeing. It, it was. Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, this one, and this one already had Batman... And like you, uh, you pointed out while we were watching it, you were like, "This is really one of the only movies that shows um, the struggle of Bruce Wayne having to maintain mm. Bruce Wayne and Batman at the same time because he was going to turn himself in." Um, at, he 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 was th- he was thinking about it for a second, but then you know Harvey said he was Batman. And that's another thing I like. I liked that they brought Two Face in because I didn't I didn't know that they were going to bring that shock. I, that surprised me, and I was like, "Hold up!" Because when he first when you first see Harvey, I was like, "Hey, Harvey!" And then he seen him flip his coin, and I was like, "Hey." Because I didn't think this one had Two-Face, too, because it had Joker already, and then it had Scarecrow at the beginning. I'm not sure what that was about. It had him at the... Anyways, I think just for continuity. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it had Two-Face, which I thought was really fun, even though he didn't... He Two-Face... Harvey was throughout the whole movie, but yeah. Two-Face didn't last very long, you know? But um, I thought he was really cool. He was just another thing for Batman to do with, you know? But Joker was great, and Batman and Joker together were great. It it was it was it was good. Yeah, I've said it before to you. Um, never talk about it on the show, but w- I remember watching Dark Knight at the theater, going to see it, and I'm sitting in the chair and I'm watching that first scene of the magic. The trick. magic trick. The magic trick. Mm. I don't want to be too graphic on the show because you know try to keep it PG. Right. Um, but when he makes the pencil disappear, I remember thinking they went out and found the actual Joker. This isn't an actor. This is the Joker is real, and he's now on film. And then throughout the movie, he gets darker and more twisted. And then there's sometimes not even method to his madness. It's like it's like uh, uh, 
Alfred says it to Wayne at sometimes. Sometimes people just want to see the world burn, right. and they have no reason. And you see that in the Joker. And I mean, arguably for me, without a shadow of a doubt, this is the be- that the, the Dark Knight with the Joker is the best Batman film, live action of all of them. And that's even in the new ones with Ben Affleck and the old ones and everything else. I don't know. Um, you haven't seen Batman Begins. Did you see the, the third one, Dark Knight Rises? With uh, Bane. Yeah, no spoilers. I, I haven't seen that one either. Okay. Uh, Johnny, you've seen all three, right? Yeah. Okay. What, which one's your favorite out of those three? Well, he, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker, you know, he yeah, just yeah, is incredible. That's you can't really compete against that. You lose Heath right? Ledger, though. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's, it's like his performance is just incredible. Um, so I would definitely, you know, say that's the best just because that one's just amazing. That one's really cool. After that, um, I would do probably do Begins. The one with Bane, I liked. But I think it's the weakest. I never really fell in love with it compared to the other two. Like because Begins was amazing because that was the first Batman movie like that. You know, so good. It went from you know having Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze to you know what it is now, which is just absolutely incredible. It's ridiculous. Those 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 first four. I mean, when they got to number three and they begin to accentuate certain parts of the bat suit. for viewing pleasure, I was like, "Come on, guys, this is getting ridiculous." And then with the fourth one, and they're fighting Mister Freeze, and and you know they're, they're fighting, and the free, the ground's frozen, and they both of them fall on their back, and Robin, and they look and over they each, look other, each other, and they, and they click, click their, their heels, heels like they're Dorothy oh, or yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> the, the spikes are the ice skates come out, and the blades, and they're now they're I mean, ice skating. I'm just, I mean, oh. it, it was it was it was a lot of glitter. So know? many of the jumps and the swings and the moves that Batman and Robin do in that game as, or, I'm sorry, game in that movie as well looks like they're on. It looked like a game. It, it looks like they're on tight ropes, just ah, just swinging across. Yeah. It just didn't look raw or edge, and just man, the Christian bells are just so so. And good. that's another like the like the third and fourth one weren't dark, like at all, and that's something that. Is cool about Batman, like he's a hero, but he's just he has he's that, the Dark Knight. He's the Dark Knight. He yeah. has that dark kind of vibe. And third, the third and fourth of the older ones didn't have that at all. No, and that's what I really liked about these um, these two um, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. They had that dark kind of feel over the entire movie, and especially you know this the Joker, who was just you know the, the Joker. So that's what I really liked about these two over the older ones. Yeah. Has uh, y'all watched the Adam West one, the old one? Dude, I grew up on. I know, the Adam I know West you, but one. I'm talking about have you seen the movie? Yeah, yeah, you seen the movie? Mm-hmm. The I've battle. seen it a few times. Yeah, Robin, hand me up the. That one is so oh, amazing. Oh, what's it called? Bat uh, shark repellent. Yeah, the bat shark <laughs> repellent, and the shark's on his leg, and he's spraying yeah. it down. <laughs> yeah, hey, you. Here's the thing, we can talk about the other four Batman's all we want, but when it comes to Adam West, he's in a league of his own. Adam oh, yeah. West will always be Batman mm-hmm. because he does a little bat dance. Oh yeah, you know I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, in, in those gray tights that he wears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like we're talking about Batman. Ears. You know, we have to bring that up. You know, but Adam West will Classic. forever be Batman to me. <laughs> he just is. I mean, I, I, I mean, the guy has a yellow utility belt, and he's able to bring out a bat shield that's enough to cover him and Robin that he unfolds from his cape. Got the bat shield, and everything's bat something. I mean, yeah, talk I, about branding. They. I mean, I, I think, uh, was it three or four? I think it was the fourth one, George Clooney. They took the branding of bat stuff way over the top, where everything's got bat, 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 bat. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, as far as, I mean, just talking about it, the series with Adam West, I mean, my favorite, I mean, I'm not, not dissing on it at all. Just I loved how everything had a bat this, a bat that, That's a bat your favorite? something. Well, so it's the only, well... It holds a whole holds a safe place in my heart. I was a kid growing up watching sentimental that. Sentimental value, it's a it's huge a sentimental league. value. It's 
a different genre. You can't compare it. It's on a shelf by itself. You, we can't compare it to the other ones. Right. Okay. It's Adam West. I'm mean, right. just saying. I, I would rather meet Adam West and Christian Bell. I'm just saying. It's Adam West. Right. He's like my childhood guy. I would rather meet Michael Keaton, but whatever. <laughs> Michael, Ke- Michael Keaton's kind of weird. That that's what I liked about it. It was it was it was, it was, it was dark, but it was weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this game. <laughs> was even, you know, uh, Jaden didn't like. Uh, come on, what's his name? Uh, Jack Ni- Jack Nicholson for Joker, but that was his that was his original look, though. I mean, yeah, uh, not not not. I mean, Heath Ledger took it and he ran away with it, and now it's his. I will not debate that. It it's 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 the ha- now. Have but. either of y'all? I don't know how this show turned into a show about Batman, but have either of y'all watched uh, the standalone Joker that came out last year? Yes, I haven't. Uh, I haven't, but I will. I, Johnny, what are your thoughts? He was creepy. Like he, like mentally, mentally, were, yeah, he was like messed up. he, you watch it, feel like this dude is actually like just crazy in I the mind. It. Like the way he just laughs and everything, it's just. I heard, like, I heard it was real, really good. Like yeah. he, you see him actually break really? in the film. Like as you're watching it, there's already he's already kind of something's off with him, but you see him actually break, and he becomes. You can you can see the life around him, turning him, transforming him into the Joker. Um, I mean, it's it's rated R and for good reason, so it's definitely not a family friendly film. Um, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed. It. I mean, I wouldn't say it's way up there. I mean, I would probably say it's close to an. It's probably about an eight for me, can, um, as far as standalone films go. But it's it's good. I mean, it, it is. It, don't get me wrong. It is good. Uh, it but it really felt like a, it felt like a prequel or or the beginning of a whole series. I think yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a prequel or something. But here's well, here's the reality though. DC doesn't know what they're doing. We talked about this last show. DC is so you know screwed what? up right now. They don't know what they're Mar- doing. Like Marvel, they can do movies like you know like how they're doing. They can con- continue on, continue on adding stories. But DC, they can make an excellent standalone. But they don't. I'm not, yeah, I'm not. But, but they can. They so so okay. We're not going to go down this rabbit no, hole. No, no, but no, I will no. say this. Listen, to last week's episode. Last week we talked about the current state of Marvel and DC, and we talked about how Marvel Cinematics Universe, you know, live action is just it's king. It's it's bringing in more money than anything else. You look at the DC, you know, uh, cinematic universe as far as their action live action goes, and most of their movies are just average or okay. While a few of them even just stink. They have only one or yeah. two that are stand out amazing. But you look at their animated universe, um, and their animated universe for DC it's, it's, is phenomenal. Yeah, the Batman animated series is in the nineties. Amazing. A beautiful, beautiful. Amazing. Beautiful. Amazing. And then um even their standalone movies to this day, their standalone movies that they make, well not standalone, I mean they they, they continue a, a storyline are incredible. Yeah. And so if you haven't watched any of those, you need to go watch. If, if you're curious more about what we're talking about, listen to last week's episode. Um, we'll talk more about that. But uh, now we need to go and move, change topics here. We actually need to get into what uh, the, the the point of this show is supposed to have been over Batman, which is talking about beat-em-up games and why it's all the rage. And I want to talk about beat-em-up games. There's a few I want to talk about specifically today um, while we're on the show. But before we do that, let me go ahead and just define according to Wikipedia. I mean, we all know that Wikipedia is like the the, the be-all to know-all. At school, they said don't use Wikipedia. Jaden, when, when I was in college, you know, you'd get an F on any paper that you cited Wikipedia on. Yeah, That's, it, yeah. That me hasn't too. changed. Too, yeah. <laughs> but it is getting bigger, which is kind of cool. I like Wikipedia. But, but you can still anyway, use it. Yeah, you can still use it. 
Um, this is the definition pulled from Wikipedia as far as beat-em-up games. Beat-em-up is a video game genre featuring hand-to-hand -hand combat between the protagonist and an improbably large number of opponents. Traditional beat-em-ups take place in scrolling two-dimensional levels, though some uh, later games feature more open three-dimensional environments with yet larger numbers of enemies. And I just flicked my brother in the neck because he pulled his game to play Switch. How dare you, sir? I just noticed. How dare you? Um, yeah, so beat-em-ups, I mean, as far as what I grew up with, and it's still pretty much a tradition, tradition, tradition today, all tongue-tied, and Robert, you can speak to this, we're uh, close in age, is uh, any game where you're, it's kind of like locked screen. You, you get to a screen, and you can't move forward from that screen until you beat up everybody in that screen. It's generally you and maybe a friend playing. You put your quarters in. And you've got enemies coming of all different sizes, different weapon types, and everything else. And that screen is locked until you beat it. And then you'll generally, at least back in the 90s growing up, in the late 80s, you'd have these arrows pointing to the right. You're always going to the right. And sometimes even a voiceover saying, go, go, and you got to move on to the next screen. That's a, that's a traditional beat-em-up, you know, how it looks like and everything else. So today I want to talk about, you know, where do beat-em-ups fit in today's time? So in other words... I, it seems like growing up as a kid, beat em ups was like one of your main genres out there. You had beat em ups, you had shoot em ups, um, you know, and that was just like one of your big, especially with the arcade games. And so here's my question, my first question, even before we get deep on this. In knowing what beat em, game, beat -em up games are, I want to hear what your favorite beat em up game was and, on, and how did you play it? Like, was it a console? Was it an arcade? Um, so, what would, who wants to start us off here? Um, I'll start off. Okay, what's your favorite beat-em-up game? Well, you know, I never really played a bunch of beat-em-up games on arcades because I am not old. So I, <laughs> I didn't mess with lots of arcades, but I've played a couple on, you know, consoles. And probably my favorite one that I've played is Castle Crashers. And we played that. We talked about that on the show before. We played that a whole bunch before. That's we the game I actually started you on. That's the first console, like real console game I started right. you on, Caleb on, and Mike on. Mm -hmm. It's Castle Crashers. So that's probably my favorite that I've played on console. Okay. And then you started it on which console? Xbox? 360. 360, yep. 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 Let's go youngest to oldest here. Johnny, why don't you go next? What's your favorite beat-em-up game? Um, so I haven't played a whole bunch of um, beat-em-ups. I have played Castle Crashers some, mostly with y'all. And why are you on the show? I don't know. That's what I've been wondering. Um, <laughs> but I do remember as a kid going to Chuck E. Cheese, one of my favorite games was the old Simpsons arcade game. Yes. Uh, so good. Yeah, I used to love running around as Bart, you know, with his skateboard hitting people, or Lisa with, uh, she had a jump rope. Yeah, she had a jump rope. Yeah, and then Marge had the vacuum cleaner, the vacuum cleaner. Yes, yeah, that was awesome. And then Homer punched or something. I, don't, I didn't ever play as Homer. He was, wasn't fun. I know March had a vacuum. Yeah, he had his fist. Yeah. I specifically remember that. Uh, yeah. Homeward running around with his fist, like in a circle, like this. Yeah, so that was. I used to play a lot of that at Chuck E. Cheese, except you want to get you know coupons or tickets, which you know. Yeah. Trade off just there. To take all your tokens. Yeah. So Robert, you'd be next. What was your favorite beat 'em up game, and how'd you play it? It'll be the on the Sega Genesis. That would be Streets of Rage two. Um, I'll, the music was beautiful. It, the the. The the backgrounds they, they they held you you know and it was it was a uh, it was it was a solid game it was like around a thirty minutes like thirty minutes to an hour to beat and it was it was good all around good nothing but good. So mine and getting ready for the show I, I I was looking at some of the classic beat 'em up games and so like that's everything from you know, the Simpsons 
Um, X-Men had a great beat-em-up game back uh, back in the day on the arcade. Uh, Ninja Turtles had a great beat-em-up oh, game. Yeah. And I remember uh, playing Ninja Turtles at the uh, at Walmart, you know, while my mom's shopping or checking out. Uh, me, me and my brother Matthew would play um, um, The Simpsons. and or, I'm sorry, Ninja Turtles. And when I finally got my own NES and I got Ninja Turtles, I was so disappointed because the, you know Ninja Turtles one on the NES was a completely different game, but the arcade game did come down to was it Turtles two on the remember. NES? I believe it was Turtles two on the NES. Um, but hands down, my favorite one has to be The Simpsons. Um, I think I poured more quarters into that machine than any other arcade growing up. I absolutely loved The Simpsons, um, loved Matt, uh, loved uh, Lisa, you know, with her jump rope and everything else, all the moves that she could do. Uh, y'all have already said it. You know, Homer with his fist, and he would do like this little like running with his fist, like boxing thing. And he'd come around, he just, he's all big and, you know, and his fists were on the side of him. He, side of him. He'd run around like this and he'd punch and hit and everything else. Marge had her big hair and she did a vacuum cleaner. But I think she had an attack with her head as well because like, her hair was like a weapon at some time. I don't remember. And then Bart with his, his uh, skateboard. skateboard. And I think he also had a slingshot, if I remember correctly. Um, Love that game. See, that's an old game. Um that game came out in 91. I'm looking it up. Yeah, yeah. That game originally came out in 91. You weren't even born yet, Johnny. Yeah, I was born in 92. Yeah, you're such a baby. Um, yeah, baby. Now, this game was added as an arcade game to the PlayStation 3, Commodore 64, Xbox 360, and MS-DOS. I did not know that. I would have bought this on the 360. Um, and it may just be nostalgia, but I feel like I would easily drop 20 bucks for this game today if it came out on Switch. I mean, I loved that game, and I would say that one was a tight, tight close for me between that one and Turtles. Turtles was pretty good, even the pizzas. But X-Men was also really good, but I'm going to stick with my first one with The Simpsons. So, um, talking about our favorite ones, here's the, the more here's the, the meat of the question for today's episode. Um, how do beat-em-up games hold up in today's culture? And here's why I'm asking this. Um, Robert, I grew up with beat-em-up games. You grew up with beat-em-up games. Johnny... Um, I think you were a baby during the heyday of beat 'em ups. Um, there was, I mean, obviously there are still beat 'em up games coming out, but they're not coming out a dime a dozen. I mean, they're definitely a lower genre yeah. as far as games go nowadays. You're getting first person shooters, you're getting you know action games, you're getting story driven games, but you're not really just getting beat 'em ups anymore. Uh, same thing goes for shoot 'em ups, like um, you were talking about earlier. Um, oh, Metal Slug. Oh yeah, Metal Slug's Metal amazing. Slug. Yeah, that's oh, a great game. Yeah, beautiful. When, game. when you talk about like a like a shoot like a I'm sorry, a running gun game, uh, Metal Slugs are some of my favorite. I've got one through four on the Switch. Love those games. Yeah. Um, but the question stands: Does do do beat 'em up games hold up in today's t- t- culture with today's generation? So, for example, if Jaden, we'll bring the question to you: If I didn't start you on um, Castle Crashers, would you even play beat-em-up games? Because I own several, and it's always kind of like pulling teeth to get you interested in that in that kind of a game. And is it more the game style, or is it the art style that a lot of these ado- adopt? Well, it's not the art style, because like that one we were playing, what was it called, Fight and Rage? Fight and Rage, we're going to talk about that, that one, one later was, on I, in the show. I didn't yeah. mind the art style. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. And um, it might, I don't know, it might just be that it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> sorry i moved my mic and it was like mike had taco bell i'm sorry about that <laughs> uh, i need to i need to fix that arm <laughs> go ahead um, that's what it was <laughs> oh yeah yeah i i, I think it just, might just be the play of the game because you know you you fight your bad guys and then you move on you fight your bad guys so it's just kind of repetitive and just it, i lose interest i mean it's fun for what well, we played for like half an hour yesterday 
Uh, no, we probably probably for, uh, closer to an hour. Okay, well that was fun, but I pr- it probably wouldn't be a game that I can like go back to over and over again. But, but Castle Crashers, we've played eight. I mean, we've played countless that one has hours. a lot of levels though. You play like it's it's a big game, and you you can play as a different. Um, like the one we played yesterday, you there's only three characters, right? So you only pick from those three characters. But Castle in the, be- Crashers, in the beginning, looks like you unlock more. Yeah, right. And Castle Crashers, you can there's like there's four in the beginning, but we have we unlocked a bunch. So if we go if we went and replayed it tomorrow, like started it at the be- beginning tomorrow, we we ha- we could have like six or seven characters to choose from because we have all those unlocked, you know. And there's different weapons, different pets you can get. There's lots of elements to that. So game. do you feel that Castle Crashers generally is a deeper game than most um, most that I've played. Beat'em ups that you've played? Yes. Okay, so let me just read down a quick list, and then we can kind of, I want us to circulate this question, because, Johnny, you, you fall in the same category as well, that you were uh, just, a, just a wee lad when, this, when these uh, games were in their heyday. So here's some, um, here's some that are out right now, and, I'm, and right now I'm specifically picking games um, that I've played um, that I really enjoy. So uh, River City Girls, Streets of Rage 4, Castle Crashers Remastered, Capcom Beat'em Up Bundle, um, Wolverblade, um, Double Dragon uh, Collections, Sega Genesis uh, Classics that has like Golden Axe and whatnot, uh, uh, Fighting Rage, which is what you're talking about right now, Jay. Um, and then the NES has Double Dragon 1 and 2, I think, on it. Uh, we, we checked earlier. Both of them, both of them, yeah. So yeah, they got both. Um, when you look at those kind of games that you can play today, and remembering that these are built upon some of the, the classics from the past, and some of the classics in, in any given order. This is, I have 10 right here that I pulled from Funstock Retro. Uh, it's a website, and this is what they named as their top 10. I don't necessarily agree with the arrangement, but I do agree with the game. So some of their top 10 retro uh, beat-em-ups would be Streets of Rage 2, which we just talked about, mm-hmm. Final Fight, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. We talked about that one. X-Men, we talked about that one. Alien vs. Predator, uh, Knights of the Round, Golden Axe, another great game, uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. I mean, come on, how do you go wrong with Cadillacs and Dinosaurs? I never played that I one. I don't remember that one either. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, the Simpsons arcade game, and again, Double Dragon. So beat-em-ups, um, I mean, first and foremost, started on the arcade game. And and what was great about beat-em-ups is that you, as you got good at the game, you'd you just it was a quarter eating machine. One yeah. more quarter, one more quarter, and some of these games scale the difficulty scale ramped up really fast. I mean, I remember going to Walmart. I mean, we weren't allowed to play like we talked about earlier the the turtles game, um, the arcade game for the turtles. Me and my brother Matthew, we would bring quarters from home. My mom knew we were out there in the arcade on the arcade area outside of Walmart, but she didn't know we were playing Ninja Turtles. I mean, if she came out, we'd left that game and went to like. You know, Princess Pony something. <laughs> I mean, we just had to, can't be playing those Ninja Turtle games. Mm. Um, but that's what this is built on. And so this question, does beat-em-ups hold up for today's culture, today's generation, is I feel like is a valid question because I instantly, you know, I play Streets of Rage 4, and I'm pulled back to those Streets of Rains, uh, Rage games, the uh, River City Ransom games. That's what I that's calls back to. Um, let that siren pass by our house here. That's quite loud right now. If y'all can hear that. We apologize. It's we, getting close. We've talked about it on other uh, episodes. Yep. We live in a on a very busy corner. So, Robert, I think they're coming out to get you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we talked to you earlier about how you're an arsonist at heart. So, <laughs> and that was a fire yourself. truck. <laughs> um, but okay, you know, back to it. Um, I grew up playing these games, loving these games. Robert, you grew up playing, you know, beat 'em ups. And so, anytime there's a new beat 'em up game coming out, for example, um, Streets of Rage Four, River City Girls. Uh, fight and rage 
um, these games instantly pull at the nostalgic, you know, you know, string of my heart, and I'm just and I'm into it. And the sounds and the graphics and and the art style. Um, I think it's Fight and Rage that we were playing recently. That when you get done with that screen, it it really has a throwback to the old ways, to where there's arrows pointing to the right with voiceover in all its 16-bit glory, saying "Go, go, go!" And you're like, "I'm going," you know. Um, I love these games, but again, it stands the question: Can they hold up for where we are today? No. And I'm curious. So you say no? I think not. Because and, and why not? Because these games, like I said earlier, they don't. At least for me, they don't keep my interest. And, you know, when you were little, you know, that was a long time ago. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. It was it was a long time ago, you know? A long time ago. I know you and, love me. It's okay. And, and not just because... Ancient. Not just because it... I'm not just saying that. Because in the past, however long it's been since you were little, there's been lots of advancements in technology mm-hmm. and games. And there's all this new stuff. And so... People my age, or even Uncle Johnny's age here. How old are you? I'm um, 27. Oh, never mind. He'll be 28 People this my year. age, <laughs> you know, generational gap. He just gave you a generation. <laughs> we're, you know, we're used to. I love it. Like, you know, because since there's been so many technological advances and stuff like that, we're used to like, you know, fast, efficient stuff going on. You know, and interesting and keeps your attention and because you know you know at least me i don't have a you know very, you're hurting the heart of a lot of i know people listening i right know now. i'm sorry but you know at least me i don't have a very long attention span That's so true. it needs to stay fresh and st- what <laughs> it needs to stay fresh and stay stay upbeat you know this is why you don't do family shows with like you know my brother my son you know uncle and nephew this just doesn't work this way it needs to stay fresh, stay stay interactive. So I and think all your points are very valid, um, especially when I think about games of like, uh, look at the list right here, Streets of Rage 4 and even Fight and Rage. Um, but some of these games like Streets of Rage 4 and Fight and Rage, they're meant to be like, like okay, for example, Streets of Rage 4. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But, I mean, if you play this on the easiest setting, you could beat the whole game in about three hours, probably, give or take. Um, I mean, it took us a little longer <laughs> because yeah, we were on a harder, yeah, di- yeah, we were on yeah. harder difficulty. Um, but fight and rage is one of those games and street and rage is as you play it and beat it, you unlock more, right. you know, um, not to the level what you're talking about. Castle crashers is unique in the fact that, um, you're constantly upgrading your weapons. You're upgrading your character itself. It's, it's a very, very, and I mean, very low level RPG elements where you upgrade your health, your magic, your agility, your defense, you get new pets, and you get stuff new pets that, that help you, you along, the, along the way. But I would I would counter that though with saying River City Girls. Now you haven't played a whole lot of that with me, but me and Caleb have beaten. I think we're about three quarters of the way through that game. River City Girls is a very deep game as far as beat 'em ups go because you get power ups that you can carry with you in your pocket. Power ups that have a one time use. Um, you get new combos, so it's not just a button masher. The same attack, you know, punch, kick you know, dodge, right. um, it, it is very deep. And so I think it's, you know, if you're looking for a game that has more meat to it, um, I think River City Girls is right there up your alley. I don't know. Johnny, what do you think? So I actually agree with uh, Jaden on a few of the points. Um, gaming has evolved a lot over the years. While, you know, uh, being most more really big, um, you know, a while back, now, you know, gaming has really morphed more into a lot of more online games, you know, with Fortnite, uh, Call of Duty, um, things like League of Legends. It's more of an online competitive. So there's more, uh, I guess, the more dynamic would be the best way to say it, I guess. 
Uh, so for me personally, I don't really play beat em ups that much. And the main, usually when I do play them, it's because I'm playing with other people. You know, I'm doing, um, you know, couch co-op or something. Right. Um, just ignore the sirens in the ba- in the back. They're <laughs> trying to find Robert. They just don't know he's in this house. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I kind of agree with Jaden on that. That are even though I am so much older than he is, um, my tasting games is kind of a little bit more. I prefer to say evolved. You know, I've okay. Evolved I think I'm it. done listening to you, Robert. What's your What's your take on this? Um, they they can still be relevant. Um, at the right price. Um, some somebody talked about uh, excuse me. Somebody talked about Metal Slug and that game on the Switch is like seven dollars, and that's what yeah, made eight bucks. Me, that's what made me get it. Like. We, most beat em ups right now, I don't, I don't think are that are at the sixty dollars range, which makes them a little bit more enticing. No, mo- most just just to clarify, most beat em up games, if they're new, tend to be right around the twenty dollar mark, yeah. 20, 25 bucks. If, like if, that. if they do that, and if uh, and if they they keep up to date with their visuals, if they keep you like visually like in there, I think they can still be relevant. Now, now just to clarify, when you say visually up to date, so can well, they do, can they pull off a sixteen thirty two bits art style, but as long as it's crisp and clear and clean? No, 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 no. Like I don't like. I'll give an example. If you remember Golden Axe, Golden Axe two in particular. Yeah. In one of the stages, you're fighting on top of a hawk. You know what I mean? Yes. Just like ima- imagine if we had a if we had a Golden Axe, you know, twenty twenty, you know, still classic art. But like, but think about like maybe the the ground is breathing a little bit. You know what I mean? When you slam somebody, like feathers come out. You know right. what I mean? Be, because the because the like it's not as advanced. That's a good thing. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot more you can do visually and keep keep it a little bit cartoonish. But it'll 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 really add to the it'll really add to the experience. You know what I mean? Right. Like like I I think I think like uh. You know, being because I was I was raised in the uh, beat 'em up era, Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage Four, had you know had that for me. You know, visual. I mean, like when I was playing it, I talked to bunch like, oh, I remember this, I remember that, and I was able to appreciate the the visual aspect of it because you know I was raised with it. But I believe you know if they if they were able to you know keep keep the beat 'em up style, beat 'em up, but add a little flair to it and keep it at the the price range that they are now. I think they can do, you know, a, a, a good bit of, uh, I think they can really stick out there. So I, I, I'm I'm in agreement with what you're saying for the most part. Um, I think beat-em-ups definitely can hold up today. Here, Here's my issue with beat-em-ups. Um, unless there's somebody who has the nostalgia factor who can then introduce this next generation to beat-em-ups, it's, it's a hard sell. Yeah. It's a hard sell. I don't see any of my kids looking at... Um, for example, uh, we've reviewed River City Girls on this on the show before. We gave it a solid nine. Great, just amazing game, amazing game. Um, I think that game runs for here. Let me just pull it up right here. So I actually have it while we're talking about it. But River City Girls is one of those games that um, it really it captured the essence of what a beat 'em beat 'em up game should be. Uh, the music was fantastic. I mean, we talked about that. I mean, Jay, I mean, that's yeah. something that you really you didn't play a lot of it, but you heard. The, I mean, you love the music. Uh, River City Girls is twenty nine ninety nine, and I think at that price, it's totally. I think it's totally worth thirty dollars. Um, I would say that by far, River City Girls for me personally is probably my favorite beat 'em up game of this generation. If I was looking at you know this the last ten years, this is my favorite beat 'em up game. It beats out Castle Crashers. It beats out most of them. 
Um, we're going to talk about Streets of Rage 4 here in a minute as well as Fight and Rage. Um, really like Streets of Rage 4, but this game for me um, gives me what I'm looking for. River City Girls gave me a great beat em up game. It gives me the upgrade system that I would expect in nowadays games, you know, where everything's, you know, back in the day you had a joystick and maybe two buttons. And if you're lucky, maybe you got three buttons, you know, and that was about it. River City Girls is much more than just a, you know, button masher. You actually learn combos, and some of those combos are kind of hard to do. And then you have these boss fights that are taking me back to my, you know, childhood days that are just ridiculously hard to, to fight. And so um, I think beat up games definitely, you know, have a place in today as far as today's, you know, finding a genre today and, and standing on its own. But it's going to take, you know, our generation pointing them out to other people and saying, hey, you're missing out if you don't play this game. This is a great game. Um, let's talk a little bit about Streets of Rage 4. Let's go in because, you know, uh, we received a review code for that game. And, Robert, you and I basically spent one full day, I mean, literally all day long, you know, pushing through that game. Um, and one thing I want to really say about Streets of Rage 4 that I really enjoyed was that it felt like a Streets of Rage game. It didn't feel like a generic beat-em-ups, yeah, but it yeah, felt yeah. like a Streets of Rage game. It sounded like a Streets of Rage game, but just higher definition. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it was I, I, better the, quality. The, 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 the ability to play the retro, the old... The yeah, old you really liked really, that. Yeah. It, it, it really swept me off my feet. Yeah, I had the ability... So Streets of Rage 4 gives you the ability of yeah. going back and playing the retro soundtrack. Um, I, I preferred the newer sound and everything else because uh, the art style is a very... It looks great. It's a hand-drawn art style uh, that looks modern, um, but still reminds you like like there's enough familiarity there that it pulls you back to Streets of Rage, you know, two and three and whatnot. So um really like that about Streets of Rage four. Um like the other games, I felt like Streets of Rage four right around what there was, there was twelve yeah, twelve twelve stages. Twelve levels, yep. Right around stage, I think it was what, five or six, it took a Big upturn yeah, in yes difficulty. Sir, yes sir, so yes we sir. were playing it on the standard difficulty with no assists. Yep. And you were like, turn the assist on. I'm like, no, it's going to take us four times on the same boss. But <laughs> we, we, we will learn the pattern. And I will say that it's something for, for to you, to Johnny, both to you and Jaden, if you're all looking for a game that's more than just a button masher, a lot of these uh, beat-em-ups like Streets of Rage 4, like River City Girls, uh, even Fight and, and Rage, which we're fairly new into still, um, when you maybe some of the levels of just beating up the bad guys, maybe they are kind of like a, a button masher to a degree. If you're playing it harder, you have to learn combos. You have to learn to dodge and everything else. The bosses, though, none of the bosses are just button mash. No, no, no. Or like back in Wild Days, Tank and Spank. None of them are like that, you know? Yeah, Tank and So if you don't know Tank and Spank, basically it just means all everybody just go up to that boss and you just start wailing on them, forget about the rest. Don't worry about what anything's going on. These games, the bosses have patterns. And one of the things I loved about River City Girls was that each boss was incredibly unique. And then going over to, to Streets of Rage 4, each boss, again, incredibly unique. You couldn't just go in there and just want to spam Y or spam A and just beat them up. No, you had to know the patterns. Otherwise, you got your butt handed to you. I mean, you really did. Um, Robert, what are some things about Streets of Rage 4 that really stuck out to you? Um, one thing that really stuck out to me was... Um, one, uh, Streets of Rage, uh, one, two, three. They, they had they had a universal, they had a universal um art style. Streets of Rage four is completely different. Um, it, it, in, in a good way. In, in a good way. In a good way. Um, really liked it. The I, I love the reinterpretations of the bad guys. You know, um, for example, the the the, the biker chicks. You know, yes, yeah, like the, in the in the Sega Genesis ones, they were they're biker dudes, but it, it, it was it was awesome. Um, like yeah, like the. That's one thing about the, the the tank and spank, 
Streets of Rage one, two, and three. If you were playing with a friend, the 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 bosses were break were basically a tank and spank. With and these, a lot of the Double Dragon games were. Back oh in the yeah, day. Double Dragon. I think Double Dragon was exclusively <laughs> exclusive. I remember um, Double Dragon. You 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 either punch kicked or yeah. you ran. Those yeah. either I'm gonna punch yeah, kick you or I'm gonna um, dodge. Yeah, oh, there is jump. There is jump. And that's one thing. That's one thing. Like Double Dragon highlights a, a couple of bad things about uh, Beat 'em Ups is because it was so it like. Visually, it was pretty. It was pretty much the same thing throughout the thing. Well, you are talking about a sixteen-bit yeah. system, yeah. and then you're also talking about a controller with the NES, yeah. where you only had you had a D-pad and two buttons. You yeah. had B and A, so you had and you had jump and then attack, or you had punch and kick and no jump, yeah. depending on the game. And I, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know uh, how. I'm will, I'm willing to bet that playing Shoot the Rage Four single player would be way different. Playing it two player because uh, well we tried two player and three player yeah that yeah and and, we, and the difficulty definitely scaled based on how many players you had and unfortunately the third player we added was somebody who's not big into gaming to begin with or at least not into fighting games so she really had an, I mean she didn't know what she was doing so when we took her out we did a little better yeah yeah so what's what's a couple things that really stood out that you really liked about Streets of Rage four. Future Rage Four. Um, the the I'm really digging the the visual aspects of it. The uh, I like that they I, I like that they kept the formulas uh, somewhat uh, like the originals. You know, with the the power moves that take a little bit of health. Oh yeah, and I really like that. After you do a power move, you're able to get that life back if you're able to uh, pull a couple of combos on somebody. And um, I wish were I wish there were a little bit more characters, but you know. Hope I mean hopefully, hopefully they they add a patch where you can get uh, more unlockable characters. But it was it was a pretty good game. So in an interview, they talked about that they are wanting to add more content. And so just reading off of Nintendo's website for Streets of Rage Four, it says amongst the best beat 'em up series ever created, jamming '90s beats. I, I totally get that. And over the top street beating, the iconic series Streets of Rage comes back with a masterful tribute to. A, a tribute to and revitalization of the classic action fans adore. Um, I totally agree. Uh, I thought the game was amazing. You have Axel, Blaze, and Adam uh, teaming, so they're they're you know they're always there teaming up with new brother and sisters in arms, uh, Floyd and Cherry. Um, Cherry was my go-to. Like I loved using. Uh, no, 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 no. Blaze, Blaze was my go-to. You were Blaze. I, I forgot. Was Axel, Blaze yeah. was my go-to. Axel was my second favorite. Um, Adam was uh, Adam and Floyd. Or was it, who am I thinking of? Adam? It was Adam, Cherry, and Floyd. Adam was unlockable after a certain Okay, period. Floyd is who I'm thinking of. Floyd was a little too sluggish for me. Yeah. But that, again, that's that's a, that's a signature of a good beat-em-up game where all four characters aren't the exact same. Um, like, for example, Castle Crashers, outside of the magic ability being different for each one of the Castle Crasher characters, they're all the exact same. Yeah. They're all the exact same. Yeah, but you can their... level them differently as far as their health and their magic. Mm-hmm. Depending on your play style, whatever How you, you want, want. Your, do your play style. Um, I, but a good beat 'em up game, whoever you're going to be, generally is going to be is going to play differently. And normally, the ladies, you know, the, the female characters tend to be faster, a little weaker, while the while the dudes tend to be have, have, have a bigger hit life or greater hit life. You know, can handle a beating a little bit more, and they punch a little bit harder, but they're slower. And the women are in there doing a bunch of jabs. It's kind of like thinking about like uh, the Street Fighter series, which I know is not this genre at all. Yeah. But Street Fighter, generally you had the guys that hit hard, but they were slower. And then you had the ladies that they were faster and, and everything else. Um, one of the things I really liked about Streets of Rage 4 was the fact, you know, I'm playing the first couple of levels and I'm beating up guys. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is fun. This is whatever. But then the first time I grabbed an, uh, a weapon 
and I threw it at a guy, and I'm just spamming, spamming this, you know, the same button. So I throw a pipe, it hits a guy's head, ricochets back, and I'm able to catch it midair and go, this is pretty cool, <laughs> and then just keep you know, wailing on the guy. Uh, I haven't seen that in any other game before, yeah. and that was so awesome. I mean, beat-em-ups, generally, you can beat up the environment as well and pick up like a bench chair and throw it at somebody, but to be able to pick up a weapon and hurl it at you and then catch it again, just I kept doing that. I was like picking up the weapon and just throwing it at a distance and then coming up to you and beating your face in. Um, really like that about Street Rage 4. Whenever I play a beat-em-ups, I want to find something that's unique to that game. Um, and that's one thing I really appreciate about Streets of Rage 4. Uh, what are some other things that st- stood out to you? Um, let's see. I mean, you know, so like, look, like, look, you know, I had to, I had to compare it to the, to the Sega Genesis titles. And I mean, it, it was, it was a fun game to play. The the bosses were, the bosses had a lot of different flavor to them. Like, you know, they were like, you know, we had the, it was like, okay, let's, let's beat this guy up. And then later on in the game, we had a couple of, uh, no spoilers, but they had a lot of different, you know, abilities and talents that we were like, wait a minute, uh, w- wait, what do we do here? <laughs> And it became it became somewhat confusing, which we we got a groove eventually. But um, let's see, yeah, the game was a, a little bit long. Um, then again, we we were a little bit like, long. Yeah. I thought the game was a little bit short. Well, for, exa- for example, River City Girls is so. I mean, that game is long. Caleb and I've been playing. I don't know how many hours we've sunk in that game, and we're only about seventy five percent through really? the game. Well, then again, I'm I'm comparing it to like you know Sega Genesis titles. Well, true, know? those games were yeah. short, and, but they were also very hard. Yeah, like like. Uh, so like for for me like like then like then again like like uh, uh, Jaden was saying you know what are games now you know what I mean do they actually do they actually need to pack those hours you know what I mean like uh, so like to me that was to like for me it was a little bit long for a beat 'em up. True, if you're comparing but, uh, it to like the old yeah, NES Genesis yeah. games like that. Um, um, one of the things they say on their website again here it says uh, nostalgia strikes again. One of your dreams is coming true. In addition to the five new characters. Unlock and play your favorite pixelated characters from the previous Streets of Rage games, such as Axel, Adam, Blaze, Skate, Max, and many more with their own retro sound effects in gorgeous HD hand-drawn urban environments. When do they do and that? So, well, dude, we only beat it one time. We even like, oh, you got to okay. keep playing and unlocking and everything oh, else. There's, oh, a, there's, a, there's so much more to unlock in this game. Yeah. Um, what I like about uh, Streets of Rage 4 is that, it, it, again, it feels like the natural evolution of Streets yeah. of Rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm saying, if like if you and me played Streets, Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3, and then if, if there needed to be a fourth one to come out that would grab this generation, grab like Jaden's attention and Johnny's attention, I think this would be the game. I don't think I could get either of them to sit down with me and play Streets of Rage 1. I think they'd get bored or even they two. Would, Double Dragon 1 and 2. I grew up playing Double, the first two Double Dragons. Yeah. Love those games. Those games are kind of hard to go back to, though. Yeah. I mean, even today. I mean, um, yeah, like, I was playing Double Dragon, like, like thinking, like, thinking about that for beat-em-ups and playing it. I'm like, you know what? This isn't, this isn't that great. <laughs> but, like, like, it wasn't, it wasn't Streets of Rage 2. Like, Streets of Rage 2 will always be great, but. Streets Double of Rage Dragon 4, so I believe, feels like the natural evolution to that franchise yeah. to grab. If I, if I told both of them, hey, guys, this game is great. Sit down and give me give, give me fifteen minutes with it. Let, let's play it. I think it would suck them in. Or if it goes on sale and say, "Hey, pick it up. Just trust me on this." I think they would really like this game because it has the evolution. It has the deeper elements. It has these uh, you know a fun storyline, yeah. and it has enemies that you just laugh at or enemies that you absolutely hate, like the the, the big roller rolling around guys. Uh, oh yeah, what are they yeah. called? I, for, I forgot. Yeah. Well, actually, like one, I can't remember the official Shoot, term. In Streets of Rage One, they were firefighters. In Streets of Rage Two, they were like baseball coaches. In Shoes of Race 3, there were baseball coaches. And in fourth one, I don't know, uh, 
They still had that baseball one guy blew fire. And, yeah, one yeah. guy blew fire. The young guy rolled everywhere. The one guy flew like an angel. The most frustrating uh, guy to me, or villain, or enemy, whatever, in Street Rage Four, has got to be the the guys with uh, the you know Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. Matsers, whatever yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's one. Th- like I, I wish like the the some some of the some of the bad guys did have some well I those invincibility. Uh, what do you call it? Where at at one point you had to back away from them because there was nothing you can do at that point. They were going to hit. But see, to me, that speaks to you have to play smart yeah. and not just be a button masher, which yeah. is what I appreciate. You have to learn, hey, he's in defense mode right now. Yeah. I can't do a thing to him. Let me let him go through his cycle, and yeah. then I'll do like a jump kick or something like yeah. that. Um, I mean, Castle Crashers, uh, the yeah. bo- a lot of the bosses, you learn their patterns. their patterns. They had like, you know, one phase or two phases, just like, you know, games you've played, Johnny, with WoW and everything else. Bosses have their phases it's not just you know go up there in a big tank and spank you actually have to learn the different parts and everything else um really enjoyed that about streets of rage 4 so um this is a really good game streets of rage 4 uh is on sale or not on, it's not on sale but i mean you can buy it right now on the on the nintendo eShop for 24.99 it's on other consoles as well uh really good game uh we've poured time into it i'm this is a game i'm definitely going to be going back through trying to get all the unlocks that i can get and um yeah, I just really enjoyed it. The art style really hooked me too because it had a retro feel while being modern. Um, for me, this game is a very we don't do a point system like you know eight point this six point whatever. Um, so we just do solid numbers. This game for me is a very strong eight. It's not a weak eight. It's a very strong eight. Um, and as far as modern beat 'em up games go, I would say this is probably um, right now right around my second, probably my second favorite. Beat 'em up game. Uh, River City Girls for me hit it out the park. It, it hit every nostalgia factor I have, and so um, really like that one. But I, but I think this is close up there. What would you say, Robert? Yeah, I would agree. It is a strong eight. Um, like I, I think I think you're very right with the button mashing. You know, I, I th- when it comes to beat 'em ups, when it comes to beat 'em ups, this is the evolution of of a beat 'em up. It's it's smart playing. You know what I mean? Like it's not just you know one stage. Okay, let's wail on these guys. One stage, let's wail on these guys. It's you know. It's uh, learning when to use the stars right. at the right time, you know. <laughs> we, we need to help with that. And, you know, like, okay, like, uh, whenever whenever we would go through the stages, we had to learn, okay, 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 Mike, this is where we needed a little bit of concentration. So. Well, like on the elevator level, yeah, I yeah. mean, that was a hard level because it was so many people in, a, in close contact, but in a close environment. But once you broke down the glass... I mean, you take some of those hardest villains and just knock them out the uh, off the elevator, and you're like, "Ooh, I'm home free now." Yeah, yeah. Um, it was right around. We were trying to talk about this before the show, but it was right around level eight, level nine, something around there. There's 12 stages of this game, um, where the difficulty felt like it took another really big spike. So it was like right around level, I don't know, four or five. It seemed to take a spike upward, um, pretty significant, and then again around eight ish, yeah. took another you know big spike. Um, we played that stage over and over, and we couldn't beat it. So we finally, and you kept, you know, you were like, let's turn on the assist. So we finally did turn on. I was like, at this point of the game, we just need to beat it. So we yeah. turned on all the assists, and those extra lives came in handy. The extra stars came in handy. They did, they did. And, uh, but really liked the game, and, yeah. and, and I liked the story that it told. Um. Well, you know, uh, I mean, it's not deep. It's well, a beat no, no, up no. game. A beat up game doesn't doesn't have to have a strong story. It's it's no, rather. But you know, the story was the, good the, enough to like, the, I want to play it again. Defeat the syndicate or save your girlfriend. It's one of the two. Um, but yeah, like the, it's strung it with the, with the, with the visuals was very good. You know, the, the bad guys were, they were, there was a good variety of them. It wasn't the same guy over and over again. 
you know um if there's anything negative i would say if i would say about it was uh the some some of the uh some of the bosses uh didn't in, in my eyes didn't really fit with the whole with the whole environment you know what i mean um i, I don't know if uh oh i know what you're saying yeah like like you know it was it's all you know the syndicate bad guys you know taekwondo and you know such and such and all of a sudden we're fighting we're fighting a DJ, you know what I mean? And it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I, 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 uh, uh, what? You know, like I, okay, uh, I don't know. All right, you know, I was completely confused, but you know, it's that 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 got me that got me a little a little off about it. And I, I wish there I wish there were more. I mean, I wish there were more unlockables off the bat. You know, um, for example, uh, there was one character that you do meet as a boss, but I would I would have wanted so bad. You know, from the being unlockable, you know, after you defeat him or whatever, a Streets of Rage two character, but um, but you know, hey, like you ju- you just said, you know, that he will be unlocked, so like that 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 gives a good re- a replay value right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was just reading on here. There's uh, it says that there are a dozen former Streets of Rage characters unlockable and playable in their yeah. original pixel versions. Yeah. Um, being twelve stages that you can go through this game. Um. You know, in a couple of sit downs, either either on a take a Saturday and just play this game, or take it. You know, the beauty of the Switch is that you can just you know suspend the software and then pick it up the next day. Um, total replayability in in this game with unlocking the characters. Again, the soundtrack was great. The hand drawn hand drawn art was amazing. Um, I th- this is the kind of game I feel like needs that needs to come out more of this style to bring in this generation. Yeah. Um, I think that River City Girls, and that one you're saving your boyfriends. It's, <laughs> yeah. the, it's, the, it's, it's different, saving yeah, you your boyfriends. Gotta, yeah, you got to defeat the um, save the girlfriend. I think that game no, is. Boyfriend. I think that game um, is underrated and doesn't get enough attention. Um, because I think I could grab either of these guys, get them playing it, and then they'd understand it. And because Caleb is loving the game, and I'm I'm loving the game. Um, but yeah, so Streets of Rage Four. Uh, that that's it from us. It's uh, twenty four ninety nine on the Nintendo eShop. It's definitely worth your money. I would say go out and spend it. Definitely. Or in Johnny's Johnny's language, I'd be two thousand four hundred ninety nine pennies. Plus, <laughs> plus tax, twenty five hundred pennies. That's plus a tax. commitment right there. No, this well, is a, no, no, this is a good. great it's, game. No, twenty five dollars, like for that, that game, is worth more than twenty five. You're getting hours yeah. of, of entertainment out of it. And when you be, when you're done, I was gonna say when you beat it, <laughs> when you're done, you want to go back. You're yeah. not just like, well, it was a fun game. I'm gonna hang it up. A lot of games, when you beat them, you leave it down there and it's and it's gone. So. Yeah. And it's hard. It's really hard to put value on a game because you do put it on the artistic value. Do you put it on your value as as a consumer? I mean, how do you put it on the time span? Um, I think this game is well deserving of its of its money. So, especially especially if you're looking for the nostalgia factor, absolutely, I mean, it, it is dripping with nostalgia. It really, really, absolutely. Twenty four ninety nine. Um, let's switch over here. I want to talk about Fight and Rage. So, Fight and Rage is unique in the fact that this was done by a one man team. And uh, pretty incredible that it was done by one man team. You can get it on the Nintendo eShop for $19.99. Uh, it originally came out for PC and then was ported to all the other consoles. Um, what I really like about this game is that, like I said earlier, it has the arrows pointing to the right with a voice saying, goo, 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 you know, that you need to move forward to the next area. Um, really liking this game. Uh, it has some visual options to where when you first, by default, play it, it looks like you're playing through a CRT TV, so all four corners of your screen are curved in. It has a glassy look to it. That wasn't, that personally, is not for me. It was cool the first couple of levels, but I'm like, okay, I, I, I can't do this on my 55-inch, you know, 
you know, HD television. And so I went ahead and flattened it out. Um, lots of options in here on how you can change the, the visuals and everything else. Really like this game. Um, it, you can do single player. You can do a versus 1v1 mode. We haven't tried that yet. But you can do local co-op up to three players, which is which is awesome. Um, one of the things that we didn't talk about in Streets of Rage 4 was that I didn't realize you could turn off friendly fire until about... What halfway through that the game? That helped a great deal. It yeah, we were really we did, were kicking yeah. each other's butts more than the enemies <laughs> yeah, were. Yeah, but you yeah. can turn off friendly fire uh, in this game. Uh, Fight and rage. You can do the same thing. You can turn uh, friendly fire on or off. Um, Jaden, I could talk about this game a lot. But what do you? What did you like about this game? All right. So when you first open the game, right? Um, there's three characters you can choose from. Which? Why do you look at me weird? The way you were talking is funny. Okay. <laughs> Well, you first open the game, you know, there's three characters you can choose from, which I didn't really prefer because, you know, I like a wide variety, but there's only three. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. So I pick, I pick my dude. You picked the bull. <laughs> I picked the big bull, yeah. Ricardo. Ricardo, yeah. I picked him to play with. Is it Ricardo or Ricardo? No, it's Ricardo. Ricardo. No, it's Ricardo. I had, I had to bring the guy on who could actually pronounce it. Ricardo. Now we know why you're on the show, Robert. <laughs> exactly. Happy to serve. So, you know, I pick Ricardo. And, <laughs> and then, um, you know, I, I assumed he'd be, because, you know, he's this big old bull. So I assumed he'd be like one of those characters that's like big and strong, but slow, like, he, like you were talking about earlier. Right. And so that's what I was assuming going into it. And I was like, okay. So we, we started playing the game. And you know it's you know you you the bad guys come and you you know you fight them and then the screen moves on, and it it was he was he was like I thought you know slow and powerful right, but what I really liked about this game was that it's not just you know a few a few buttons that are attack you know it's not just like it's not a just, button masher right, and we were you know we we played it for almost an hour you said mm-hmm. and throughout the whole time we were constantly learning new. Um, um, what's the word? Combos. Combos. Yes, we're constantly learning new combos or just new. Like we learned. I think it took me like fifteen minutes to realize that I could jump, because <laughs> it doesn't tell you anywhere. Like this is jump. This is attack. So I was I was just like pressing buttons, and I figured out you could jump. And then we figured out later that we could run, because this whole time we were walking, and it was like super slow. And well, I couldn't run because I I was big, so I could just dash for a second. I couldn't actually sprint, but we kept learning all these. And then you know we learned how you can like jump into an attack, and then you have the special. And we got to a couple bosses, and they had you know they had their phases, and so you would have to, you know, you would have to um, adapt to their patterns. And we were just constantly learning another thing that we were able to do to fight the bad guys. And so yeah. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, this game. Um was quality in the fact that it's, again, that each character is so different. Like, you were doing Ricardo the whole time, and I was playing, I guess her name's Gal. It's just, it's kind of weird, because you look at a girl and like, that's a gal, I'm a guy, that's a gal. But anyway, I guess it's just Gal. Um, I generally lean towards female fighters because they are faster, more agile, things like that. Um, really liked her character. Um, and Ricardo was cool. One of the neat things that was unique about this game is that, let's say, you know, we both have two lives, and we're fighting in, in an area, and... Um, I spent all my lives, and now I'm now dead, and now he's the only one remaining. If he can stay alive long enough, there's a, a meter that comes up underneath me that says recovering. And if he can stay alive long enough and keep fighting, if that recovering bar gets all the way full, I pop back up. Now, I pop back up with limited health, and I need to find something to replenish my health. 
But again, it was something that was unique to the game. Um, some of the bosses in this game, again, have the different uh, um, Pattern. patterns. Thank you. That we have to used to fight and learn and everything else. And this one boss, I don't remember what level it was, was really kicking our butts until we realized, ah, use your special when he does this. Mm -hmm. And you can not only break it, but you can actually damage him and knock him down to where he's kind of dazed. And uh, this game is unique. Uh, it's similar to Streets of Rage 4, where as, if you're not using your special meter, your special is actually taking off some of your health, if you remember that mm -hmm. from Streets of Rage 4. Yeah. And so you couldn't just spam the special either because it would actually begin to hurt you until that special meter built back up. Yeah, that, that was a pain because I always forgot <coughs> that it did that. I never remembered that. Well, I never remembered till after I did it because I, I kept using my special. And then I would forget until after I used it that it takes my health down. So I died a lot, but half of the time I lo I was losing health was because of me and because I kept using my special. True. So then I had to remember not to use it a lot or I would die. You are speaking the truth, my son. I saw your your, your health yeah. go down. Um, this game has tons of, unlo of unlockables. I began to just read about it and just different things that people were doing, different endings. has several different endings, but there's tons of costumes and game modes and options and, and even different playable enemies. Everything that is unlockable as you're, as you're fighting and everything else. Um, the fact that this was made by a one-man team, I, it just it blows my mind. Like, I can't believe how, they got away, how, how he was able to do this. Um, I thought it was a really, really good game. Really enjoyed it. This is one that because you know we can play up to three players, that I want to jump in right now with you and Caleb and play it. Um, the only thing about River City Girls that drives me nuts is that it's it's two players. I can't add three or four. I would love to be able to add three or four, three or four, excuse me. <laughs> but if you know the three story, it doesn't make sense <laughs> to add a third or fourth one. So, um, but I really, whoa, here, here we go. Lost you there for a quick second. Uh, really like this game, um, Jay. What would you say is probably your favorite part of this game? Oh man, well I really like just the, the Ricardo. He's really cool because he, he's really unique, right? Because I was fighting with him, and then you know when we first started, all I knew how to do was like just punch. So you know I was going around punching him, and he can normally get a three hit combo, just boom, boom, and then he and then he like, and then he, he slams him real right, hard, right? And then I was learning that you know we learned that X picks mm -hmm. him up, and you can throw him. Well, what Ricardo does... In front does, of you or behind you, mm -hmm. it gets to their enemies. Yeah. What Ricardo does is he picks them up and he just smashes them on the ground real hard. And that was cool. And then I learned that another thing I could do was pick them up and then I could jump and smash them on the ground. Kind of like... He reminded me a lot of Hulk. Because he, he just had that, that kind of... That, that He just attacked like that. You know, he fought like that. Because he would pick them up. Yeah, and you he, kept saying you know, like, that's, that's know, Hulk how, moments. That's how I felt, yeah. Cause I, you know, I would pick the dude up, and then I'd just like jump all the way across the screen and slam him on top of these other dudes. So he was just, he was just this really powerful, strong, um, AOE kind of guy. So how do you feel about this game compared to like uh, Castle Crashers? Well, Castle Crashers has a special place in my heart because you know I've beat it. We've beat it together three, four, how many times? I don't know, a lot. Uh, countless, countless. We beat it lots of times, and um. And so, and you know, I've played as a different person, you know, I've used different play styles. Um, and so, you know, that I don't know, they're different. Yeah, I definitely yeah. want it. So here, here's the interesting thing about this game. Um, we're getting through it pretty quickly, and I'm, I'm really liking it. But I think the, the, the real heart of this game is the multiple playthroughs, all the unlockables that you can do, the different mm -hmm. skins you can get, the different enemies and whatnot that you can unlock. 
Um, right now for me, again, um, this game this game again for me is a solid eight. And I don't know how much of that is because it's the nostalgia factor that's pulling on me or the fact that I'm really having a fun time. And that's that's one of the things. Some beat em up games is like a grind. Like, ugh. I mean, there are Castle Crashers. I, I love Castle Crashers, so I won't speak against Castle Crashers. But one of the things I don't like it about it is that there are some levels that are definitely a grind. Johnny, do you remember Castle Crashers very well? Not well enough to comment Th- on this. There are some levels where, you know, you, we, 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 yeah, know, we yeah. died on the boss. It's like, oh my gosh, I do not want to fight all those levels over They're again. They're pretty frustrating. And, and then, yeah, it, it feels like you're boss, just grinding. You all the way back. It feels like you're grinding. And then with when we played Streets of Rage 4, Robert, um, even before we, before we made it on easy mode for us because we're babies, <laughs> um, some of those levels, when we had to replay them, I didn't mind replaying them. Because I felt like we were learning new ways to fight. Yeah, yeah, but, that, but that's what it was. We, we weren't. We were learning how to beat the level. It was. Uh, it, it it wasn't the it wasn't the level. It was us. You know what I yeah. mean? We had to learn. Like yeah, like um. But it had good level design. Yeah, like so, like some some of the levels we had to we had to study on. Some of them we we beat naturally. Like I I think we handled the difficulty spike pretty well. Then again, when we started doing all the assists, we got a little more. Li- we got a little more uh, ge- uh, generous with our uh, <laughs> with our using of powers or whatever. Yeah, the star we, power. Just yeah, we. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Oh, there's five guys here. Star power. Do you need it? Probably not. I'm just going to use it anyway. Yeah, it is. It is making for a fun run through. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to give Fight and Rage a solid eight for us, and uh, <clears throat> I got a feeling I might actually increase that slightly. Well, maybe yeah, maybe was... to a low nine. Um, as, as, as we play it again, because there's so much there that we haven't even scratched the surface of outside of the, you know, the initial playthrough of it, but I'm really liking it. Uh, this game you can pick up right now on the Nintendo eShop for $19.99. It definitely has our ringing endorsements. Uh, like I said, good, solid, strong eight. Uh, that might actually go up though, as we play it more. Um, same thing with, with, uh, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, really like that game. Uh, River City Girls, we're not talking about it so much in this one. We had an episode dedicated to that uh, that game, so you can go back and listen to it. That game's a near-perfect game to me. It's a solid 9. Almost nothing gets 10s for me, though. And that, that game's a solid, strong 9. Amazing game. So, uh, Jay, how would you rate uh, this one? Well, that's what I was going to say, because you, you mentioned that you would give it a strong 8, but you weren't sure how much of that was uh, nostalgia or just you really enjoying it. But I, 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 I think I'd give it around that same rating, but it's not nostalgic for me because, you know, I'm not old. So it's so, just genuinely a so, good game. Yeah, I think it's just genuinely fun and a good game. Yeah, so you'd definitely recommend it to mm-hmm. others. Okay. Um, yeah, so guys, we, those are our two games we're recommending to you right now, Streets of Rage 4 and Fight and Rage. You can get them on every console out there. Um, they're both great games. Uh, if you're a Streets of Rage fan, maybe start with that one because that's what you're used to playing. Uh, again, it's twenty five bucks in Fight and Rage. If you if you were to pass up on Fight and Rage because it has an older, you know, pixelated uh, look to it, you're doing yourself uh, a great harm. I mean, do yourself a favor and buy this game. Great game, love them both. They are both rated T for Teen, uh, mainly because um, sometimes there's levels with you know the girls like aren't language. fully covered covered. Um, or there might be some language in the text boxes. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no voice acting, but you know those kinds of things. So, but really, really good games. And so, um, anything that either of you want to say on on this topic before we move on here? Um, yeah, um, Streets of Rage Four is twenty five bucks. Um, and there's a lot of games out. Lot of, there's a lot of games in the e store that are uh, that are like Metal Slug, for example, seven dollars. There's a lot of good games out there. 
So, like, if you remember those games, they're out there. You can get them. Yeah. You know, get them. the Switch library is huge. Yeah. It's grown quite a bit. And, like, yeah, so it's uh, right, right, right now, like, for, you know, you're at home, you know, take, take a trip down memory lane, you know, pick up, like, pick up some games. All right. We're going a bit long here, but we are going to hit uh, Indie Corner, so let's do that right now. All right, so the first one we have here on Indie Corner, and I need to clarify something. Um, someone asked me this about the show. These are games that we've played. So we're not putting games on Indie Corner that we have not played, and we're not giving someone else asked this question as, as, as well concerning the last games we played. Um, we do not give games good reviews simply because we were given a code. I have played plenty of games that I've received codes for that were garbage. <laughs> I mean, just that's just the honest truth. They were straight-up garbage. And so um, just because we receive a review code, that does not affect our review rating of it whatsoever. And when we put games on the Indie Corner, uh, these are games that I actually own, or me and Jay both own, and these are good games. And so um, the first one uh, for Indie Corner is Night Trap, 25th Anniversary Edition. Now, the reason we're putting this on here is that I feel like every Nintendo owner needs to buy this game. I don't this have ga- this game. This game is on different consoles, Xbox, PlayStation, and everything else. But here is what's big about Night Trap. Um, if you ever read the book Console Wars, or if you know anything about the Console Wars, you will know that right around the time of the SNES and Sega Genesis, that Nintendo and Sega stood before the Supreme Court because of their games and when it came to game rating. So when you, just a little bit of history here, when you look at the game ratings and you have the ESRB rating of like, you know, E for everyone, E, 10 and up, you know, T for teen, M for mature, A for adults only, things like that. That came about because we were, we don't know how close, but we were very, very close, the game industry was, from the government basically taking over and saying, we will rate your games and we will tell you what's acceptable in a game. The government basically said, you rate yourself or we will. And so, thankfully, the publishers and game developers at that time came together and they came up with the ESRB that we have now today. Um, Night Trap is um, arguably... You know, it's 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 an okay game. It's a good game. It's have you actually played Night Trap? Yes, I have. Have you played it recently? Not recently. Okay. Um they so the twenty fifth anniversary edition, they clean it up a whole lot. Really? You, you can go back and play the old school version, like it, how it looked, and it's pretty ugly. It's bad. It's bad. It's it, it's but the game but don't don't confuse visuals with gameplay. Um the visuals on the twenty fifth anniversary edition, they've actually upped it quite a bit, which which for nowadays makes it much more playable now i will argue this this game is really hard to play one player um it's only one it's it's only made as a one player game but what i mean is you need at least one other person in the room watching all of the crt monitors to see what's going on like who's sneaking through the window and everything else um this game normally runs 15 bucks right now on the Nintendo eShop. It's $1.49. This is gaming history right here. And and no you know no 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 shade towards Nintendo, but Nintendo stood up in court saying we will never have this kind of trash on our system and then go to their latest console and they have it on their system. <laughs> um 15 bucks, it's going to be a hit or miss depending on who you are. For $1.49, I feel I just feel like you owe it to yourself to pick up this game. On on pure nostalgia though. $1.49 is a good price for nostalgia. I would I mean I paid 15 bucks for this game and I don't regret it when I bought it when when it first came out. Um and I have logged in, you know, a good amount of hours on this game. I have not come close to beating it because it's too stinking hard. I can't watch the girl screaming while this black ninja is going through a window, while this other person is being trapped. It's too much to watch for one person. 
So maybe maybe that's what we need to do. We need to hold a night trap party and have some people together. And let's we're we're gonna beat this game. All of us coming together, different <laughs> generations. You know, Robert, Johnny, Jaden, and myself. We're gonna come together and we're gonna do this. So, but anyway, fourteen ninety nine. Get it? You can buy it on Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and Steam. The second game we're gonna talk about here in Indie Corner is One Strike, and specifically the complete edition. So we've talked about One Strike on this show many times. Love One Strike. It's a great game. Uh, there's no story to it whatsoever. You're trying to, I think, conquer Japan, and that's basically it. Yeah. Um, the game is what it says. The the the, the true uh, play style of this game is you've got to get through level after level after level. If you get hit one time, you're dead. It's like, and it, I think even when you're picking the difficulty, it says once, just like real life, one hit, one fatal blow, and you're dead. And that's how the game is. And so you've got to get through opponent after op- opponent after opponent. And it's not just straightforward, you know, again, button mashing. You have to learn when to attack and when to dodge and when to block for each character. And there's multiple characters you can play as, and each character has a very unique play style. They don't play all the same way. Um, right now, you can get the complete edition for $5.99 on Nintendo Switch. It's on Nintendo Switch, and it's on Steam. And that's all you can... I believe that's the only two places you can find it. It's normally 6 bucks for the complete edition. Right now, you can get it for $3, or in Johnny's words, for 300 pennies. Less tax. Uh, and this game is rated teen, uh, T for teen. Uh, mainly because there's blood in the game, and you are killing your opponent. I mean, I'm just looking at the screenshot right here. You kill this person, and blood shoots out like it's a Kill Bill. Are, are there fatalities? Like no, no. But it's like, yeah, like it's, it's one strike. And it's, so when, when you kill somebody, that's what you say. It's just uh, for those of y'all who are listening right now, I'm just showing them screenshots of the game. Um, it's a fa- every every strike is a fatal blow. So one strike, they're dead. One strike, you're dead. You can also play it where you have like three heart modes, and you can also play it against each other. I had a lot of fun playing in the versus mode. That's where we spent a lot of yeah, hours. That's fun. Yeah, you have it. I have it. Uh, Caleb has it. Well, they came out with an expansion pack called Rise of Dragons, and they introduced two new characters as well as some additional, you know, fighting modes and everything else. This for me is a great game. Love this game. Um, a lot of reviews out there give it eight out of ten. Uh, it's easily an eight out of ten for me. Um, fun game, great game. Three or four dollars, throwing your your money at it. Great game to come together, play with for, for a few minutes together, and then move on. It's not a deep game. Yeah, it's one of those games you can just you know pick up for fifteen minutes before you have to you know go to sleep or whatever. It's just one of those fun, easy games. Like Mario Kart, in my opinion, is yeah. one of those games where you can just pick up for 15, 20 minutes and play like Yeah. Um, I want to add one thing on this, actually. Um, Have you played it? Yeah. Okay. Um, a buddy of mine has it, so we would spend you know, the evening playing it. And it's one of the most tilting games you can play when you play multiplayer because you're going against each other and you're so close to killing them, and then his character has you know, like a long-range long, long range attack or something you're not right. expecting, and it's so tilting. It's so much fun. I don't feel like it's overpowered though, because no, 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 if no. you learn a certain character, like there's this one lady who has uh, the big, I think she has two swords or one sword, I can't remember. She's green. That's all I remember. There's one lady that's green. Uh, I was trying to find her on the screenshots. Oh, here. is it the lady with the chain? No, 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 no. Not her? No, she is green. Maybe it's the, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the lady with one sword who's blue uh, skirt and a purple top. Okay. That's, that's who I'm thinking about. And um, oh. if you remember, she, something she does is always slow. Like she, Hit slow. When you hit this attack button, she does like a like delayed. Red, well, not, it's not so much a delay as it is a. It's you. You don't just strike. She does a get ready and then strike. And so you've got to time everything just right with her. But if you do, she can become unstoppable. Every character in this in this game, if you really learn how they block, how they dodge, how they fight, um, you can say that character is OP. No, never mind. This character is OP. 
Right, yeah. I'm not saying OP. I'm just saying, like, whenever you're playing against each other, it's like you think yes. you got it. You have this whole thing planned out, and then something mm-hmm. little just... You're dead. One right. element um, changes. I actually yeah. just bought this right now while we're talking about it. On the Switch? Yeah, it's on it's, sale. That's a great oh, game. It's a super fun game. It's a really fun game. Jay, anything you want to add to that? Um, No, y'all pretty y'all pretty much summed that up. It's just, I'm excited to play it again because I, I haven't played it since the expansion yeah. with the new characters. So I'm excited yeah, get the new to characters. try the, the, them out. The ninja that, can, that does the stars and then can do the smoke poof. I haven't figured him out yet, but I like him. So, uh, The last game we're going to talk about on Indie Corner is Horizon Chase Turbo. We've actually done a review of this game in the past. Um, this is not Jaden's cup of tea. No. Um, I love this game. This game is a solid 9 for me. Um, it's normally $19.99. It's on sale for $5.99. Um, again, this calls back to the nostalgia factor of me. If you grew up with, like... Um, Oh, now my mind just went blank on all the games that it's like. But any of the arcade racing games and like uh, Hot Pursuit Miami, those kinds of games, this game falls in there. And what's cool is that the graphics call back to like old school arcade racers while having modern day graphics. Um, Robert's looking to be kind of weird, so I'm showing it to him right there. So it's, it's very clean, modern graphics and everything else. Uh, you can do it multiplayer. Really good game. And it's, and it's easy to play. And Caleb and I talked about this on the show. It's an easy-to-play game, but it's hard to master. Um, but think about your 80s and 90s. That's what this game calls out to. Great game, up to four players. Again, it's normally $19.99, but you can pick it up right now for $5.99 um, on the Nintendo eShop. It's also on PlayStation, Xbox, as well as Steam. All right, guys, uh, that's a long show for us, so that's going to pretty much wrap it up. Anything you all want to say in closing? Yeah, just stay safe out there, and um, yeah, just stay inside. Play some stuff. Stay inside, play stuff. Uh, John, what about you? Y'all have a great week. <laughs> Remember, you can find. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny, but it was. Remember that you can find links to all the things we talked about in today's show in the show notes. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DadsGC, as well as Facebook.com slash Dad's Gaming Corner. And again, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I know we've got fans listening. You love you love the show. We need a social media manager. So if you are interested in helping us kind of build out Twitter and Facebook and you want to help us you know, be an admin with these two sites, just hit me up. You can send an email at heydad at dadsgamingcorner.com. Um, let us know, as well as share your own stories right there. Uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're everywhere, and then leave us a good review if you would. It goes a long way in helping the show. And again, if you'd like to help the show financially, you can do so via Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Dad's Gaming Corner. Dude, that's going to wrap the show. That was a long show. That was was a a fun show. show. So, Jay, anything in closing? No, y'all have a good week. All right, everybody stay safe. Keep playing those games, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.